Hello and welcome back to the Raspberry Podcast. Today I am joined by the two ladies behind Women Who Fight. Uh, that is Marina Mavru and Shanti Gorton. Women Who Fight is a resource, uh, it's a website, it is a Instagram page uh, that is all about uh, promoting, empowering and educating women within combat sports, especially Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And um, I really, really like what they do. And I really like the way that they go about it. They are building a community. They are putting out some really important information, a lot of stuff that isn't well known uh, by men or by women about uh, sort of some of the individual challenges that women need to consider when they're doing any sport and especially when they're doing combat sports. So I've wanted to talk to these ladies for a long time and I thought when better than to do it for International Women's Day, which is today, if you're listening to the day that this episode is released. Um, so yeah, managed to sit down and chat to them and spoke about, you know, why they felt the need to set up Women Who Fight, what it's all about, uh, what they're trying to do with it in the future, and uh, also some of the issues around women in combat sports, especially Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at the moment, you know, how, how to get more women into the sport and some of the kind of specific issues that women do face. So I really, really enjoyed this chat and I hope you enjoy listening. Check it out. Okay, so firstly, ladies, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, it's lovely to do this. Thank you for coming for, with all your, your, your kit. Tech. <laughs> Show, <laughs> like showing us how it's done. Well, I'm yeah. trying. Like I said, this is my first, uh, this is the first episode that I've done on my mobile rig traveling since I got rid of my studio with, where I've had two guests. So I had to bring all of my finest equipment. Yeah. To to but, but yeah, ab- absolutely worth it for uh, to have you <laughs> you two ladies on. How you doing? Real good. We're really really excited. Excited, excited so nice. to be on the Raspberry Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I just say I've got this thing where I keep calling you the Strawberry Ape. Oh. <laughs> I mean, look, there's worse fruit than, than strawberries. I know, but it happens every time, and I'm like, ah, oh. it's like you know when you get something stuck in your head and you're in this loop. And I was like, strawberry, nope. <laughs> You know what, if I could go back and change my name, I'd be the blueberry ape. Because I never, an interesting uh, bit of trivia is that I never ate a blueberry until I already had the nickname, the raspberry ape. I used to just love raspberries. It was like, oh. I'd, I'd, it was my favorite fruit. That's is where that, it's from. That's pretty that much where it's from, oh. yeah. And um, I mean, boring, isn't it? I mean, you'd hope there's So a... you said, all right, what shall I name my podcast? I, I like raspberries. Well, no. I, and I, I look I... like an ape. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's why I named myself the raspberry ape because I like raspberries and I look like right. an ape. And then the podcast came after the nickname. So uh, I just named the podcast the raspberry ape. Would you now, what about tea ape? The tea oolong. Ape. The, oolong. the oolong. The oolong ape. ape. I mean, that, that's actually got a ring to it. I mean, if I ever start a tea company, maybe I'll call it the oolong ape. Oolong It'd be a natural ape. progression, I think. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got the cogs turning now. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have you, you two on the podcast. I feel like this whole episode might be us just giggling. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> oh. So anyway, you might have to just direct us. I'll do my <laughs> very. I'll in. do my very best. I mean, it's definitely harder when there's two, when you're two against one. Um, so there's yeah. double cogs. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the women, women who fight, and um, I mean, I, I've wanted to have you guys on the podcast for for a long time, and I just thought I wanted to get something out for. 
um, International Women's Day, which is when this is going to be released. We're recording this a few days beforehand. Um, is it like Women's Month? Is it all of March? Isn't all of March like... Uh, we want to believe that. Yes. Yeah, I why not? We can, yes. we can go with that, can't we? I think we can go with that. So uh, I thought it'd be a good excuse to try and get you on for that day. And... Uh, the Women Who Fight Instagram page is legitimately one of my favorite pages that I follow. And I'm, I'm being 100% serious, genuinely. Tell us which, why. Which is super weird because I feel like I need to explain that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like it doesn't you tell make all your sense. guests this. It's, so not, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, um, it's not aimed at me. <laughs> but I just find it so interesting um, that the, the, the amount of information that you put out and sort of the interesting information and sort of stuff that I would have no idea about otherwise when it comes to women, you know, stuff. And it's stuff that we're going to talk about today, I'm sure. But stuff that a guy would never even, you know, through no fault of their own, they just have no reason to think about Mm. like how women are affected by their cycle and how their recovery is affected by it and how, you know, all of these nuances that are very unique to women. um, And I, I just feel like not only is the general vibe of the page very positive and empowering and very inclusive i don't feel like it's against men at all but it's just kind of pushing women and that's quite Mm. obvious but also i just think educate educationally i'm just always i feel like i'm learning new stuff uh every time i go on there so it's great i mean but the thing is you say that guys don't know this stuff through no fault of their own but i think women don't either and i think that's the whole point like we're we were trying to break that down like we didn't have any idea we started this nearly four years ago now and we were like at a comp being like i'm like stressing i'm like my period's being all weird my diet i don't know if i'm fueling right i'm tired all the time and we were having these conversations and every single time we look online all the information was for guys guys who trained because Mm. that was the majority of the people who trained and that's the default so that is actually a big aim of ours it's just like actually i don't think women enough women know either and that's it should be an education it should be at school we should all be like Sex education is all right, but we need like health education. Yeah, it's I. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I started a book today. Uh, funny enough, that my one of my best friends, who is a uh, uh, a woman who I've had on the podcast, uh, Lisa Price. She was a competitive strong woman, and she recommended me the, this book called Unwell Women um, about. Um, so it's, I mean, I've literally just started it. I was listening to it on the way here, and it's about how sort of how much emphasis on men's health throughout Mm. the medical you know historically in Mm. medicine Mm -hmm. and how little they have um focused on the unique uh health issues that would face women or uh, also people of color where sort of Mm. medicine all the research around medicine for hundreds and hundreds you know possibly even longer but definitely the lot you know hundreds of years has been based around white men and it ends up with women being misdiagnosed really really heavily mm-hmm. uh, and even to this day it's still an issue that a lot of women are facing where they're having to lots more research is having to go into you know sort of the unique mm. um, health issues that women have versus men because there's not a lot of study there Absolutely. i mean we were talking to a researcher very recently and she was saying how complex it is to include women in your studies or to have women the main subject of your study because of all of these fluctuations that you have in a single month, Mm. whereas a a guy wouldn't have any of that. You reset every day. Mm. So as long as the tests are done at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, that's a good parameter. But I think we were taught, I was just thinking about what you're saying about um, the research being so... uh, 
Bias. Like, yeah, so biased. Mm. And they used to treat women like, you know, they were, it's like the same, they give the same information, but they reduce them. They used to like maybe reduce the, they didn't even do this That's before actually, but like they'd suggest drugs, which they'd worked really well for guys. And then yeah. they had to recall them because the, the, the symptoms, the side effects for women were so bad. They were like, oh, and then they had to like half doses. And, but this happens after the damage is sort of done. Mm. And um, also, of course, like, you know, not only the differences in, in men and women biologically, but then you also have fertility and childbirth and all of mm. that stuff and how drugs and how uh, various things are going to affect that as well. And that's another thing that, that I know that you girls point out a lot when, on, on your page, which is, you know, fertility and childbirth mm. and training around that and mm. stuff like that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We're not, it's, it's not, I mean, we're not in that stage yet, but it's fascinating. Remember, it, it, whenever, it, it, <laughs> whenever we talk to someone who's had a baby or someone who's menopausal, we're like, tell us everything you know. <laughs> I'm going to start preparing now for, <laughs> for this. But also, like, we talk to women who've had a baby and who've trained. We had um, Grace um, Anderson on, like, our first or second podcast, and she'd had two babies, and she's PT, PT um, and she trained throughout the whole of her pregnancy, or her second pregnancy and she said the difference was huge mm. in like the birth the experience of being pregnant the recovery after and women like historically are what told to sit still and do nothing avoid fish and don't have a one glass of wine yeah okay. but then of course if you look anthropologically women who are pregnant weren't expected that you know you'd see women what you know pregnant working and gathering and doing mm. all the stuff that, mm. that, that that they would be doing afterwards and then you know just after the baby was born they'd be carrying their babies and doing the same stuff so but i think you know that there's and that that isn't something that you, that's unique to uh pregnancy i think that this modern culture of rest is over prescribed for most things i think for injuries as well for both men and women uh certainly it's been my experience and some of the research that i've done about injuries where uh, it, it's almost the safest thing to say, yeah. Because if you tell someone to rest, yeah, what could go wrong? What there? could go wrong? <laughs> it's, it's it's sort of like it's a default thing where you're not putting any blame on yourself mm, if something yeah. goes wrong. But of course, be, because no one would think, okay, my my leg injury hasn't recovered. You're never going to think it hasn't recovered because you've rested. But yeah. in reality, you can significantly slow down a progress with an injury if you rest it. Yeah. Sometimes a, a, an injury or an ailment or a condition actually needs activity in order for it to stimulate that recovery. So, yeah. What, what was your injury that sort of took you down that that finding all those things out? It was mainly my back injury, to be honest with you. And, that you know, it's something that... Um, I'm not sure I've mentioned before, which is a joke because I talk about it all the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, my, my back injury was a big one where I was prescribed rest so much and the rest never really helped. And it was actually kind of steered into the injury, so to speak, and actually working it more, which is, you know, if, if, if you've got something that's wrong, you've got to train it. You've got to make it stronger opposed to avoiding it and actually making it even worse. So um, I, I've seen a lot of stuff and I'm reading more stuff about people who, you know, even with stuff as like, like broken bones, putting broken bones in splints and actually that mm. that can be a negative thing. And, uh, you know, and, and, and this is not particularly new research, but stuff that goes against the standard rice, you know, rest, ice, compression, elevation, that actually um, that's not what you should be doing with a lot of injuries and actually keeping it moving and heat can help 
help and yeah. and stuff like that and that resting and isolating stuff can be can be a negative in some cases i think that's so much in that i i hurt my shoulder years ago i sort of i had someone in a kimura and i was it was sort of like i was it was strength against strength and i refused to do something i ri- i tore something in my shoulder basically mm. I, I won <laughs> was this in a competition was it worth no i was, <laughs> was going to say it was not it was, it's an interesting thing where some people are, are just willing to like maim themselves for that just was an my- extra tap in a roll that was my ethos when i started i was like you can have my arm i'm gonna take you down there <laughs> i mean i i one of my students once uh had a clock i always tell this trick it's so funny uh he had a clock choke on someone and um he was so determined to finish this clock uh, sorry a burn arrow choke he was so determined to finish this burn arrow choke that he spiral fractured three fingers whilst doing it and just like you just imagine him there and thinking Either I can let go of this submission. I mean, not in competition. This is like a Wednesday class. night in D class. And he's just rolling with some random guy. And he's thinking, I can either let go of this or I can get the tap and shatter my hand and not be able to train for about six months. <laughs> and he chose, chose the latter. It's just the interesting. Some people it's are just a, willing to risk it all. You know what? My, we used to, I used to have this thing in my head where I'd be like, they'd have like have a wrist lock or they'd have my arm and I'd be I'd, I'd have this thing where I was like I wish I could just leave my arm behind and it's how I play chess like a gecko yeah it's how I play chess I like I am so take whatever you want I don't care I'm gonna I'm gonna barrage through this and wow. I'm losing I always like sacrifice so much in the, in, little, in the name of uh, in the name, in the name of, of progress like, yeah, yeah development well, <laughs> which you call it chess yeah, yeah which often isn't actually what happens <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to say I went out on my shield <laughs> I really went for it I lost everything um, but I hurt my shoulder doing this really stupid thing I, 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 she was absolutely didn't hurt her at all um, and then I still got I this was like four years ago I still, if I do pull-ups mm. and if I do certain, I think they're pulling. It likes to be pulled. Like it's, it stops hurting. But when, as soon as I stop doing it, I have this deep, deep ache mm. that nothing, really? nothing, I've seen osteos and she's done, I've got an osteo who's math, fantastic and she's done a marvelous job, but I have to still do pull-ups, which I still can't do. <laughs> is it still there? The I pain is still there? I do awful reversals. Oh. <laughs> All down. Yeah. I've been Four there forever. In. Yeah, I'll be there. I, I don't know what, I did something, but. Anyway, using it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was my point. But I mean, we, we somehow got there. We got like someone breaking their finger doing a bone arrow from uh, pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> Bodes well. Back, back to that. Yeah, I think uh, tra- training around pregnancy is a, is, is a really interesting thing. And it is, I, I mean, I think it goes so against our natural culture especially in this country yeah. uh, and in the west where you where it should be when you're pregnant you you sit at home you sit on the sofa you know your 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 partner brings you food mm. and, and and massages your feet and actually you don't do anything and then you see these awesome women like leone uh who who, who recently had her baby where they're just training yeah. and you know they're rolling to a certain point and then they're just drilling and mm. then they're still in the gym doing pull-ups and squats and stuff and we were researching very like just before you came, what Mackenzie Dern has done? Yeah, because she's a had month a, baby. a month after having a baby, she was she was back in training. And training. four months after, she was she had a fight in UFC, mm. like in the UFC. Phenomenal, mm. and, and I was just phenomenal. It's and she's twenty eight now, so she would have been what twenty five or six, and her body just like because she was so consistent with her training, it was just back. Yeah, like the shape, she was completely. I, I in my culture. 
if you are a pregnant woman and you're in martial arts, you will be crucified. Yeah. Really? I say, what are you doing? You're putting your, your, your baby's life at risk. Wow. And they see you rolling. I think that's, I think that's what we're, that's just still sort of an undercurrent though, isn't mm. it? It's that like, sit at home, what are you doing? Don't do too much. Mm. Yeah. It, 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 it goes back to, if you're resting, surely nothing can go wrong. Where, you know, maybe... By erring on the side of extreme caution, you're actually taking away some huge benefits that you could get yeah. from being active. Also, I guess like I don't, I'm not a doctor, but this is just I, I feel like we've spoken to someone about this where it's actually you're using your body. A lot of oxygen's going around. Mm. You're actually giving more nutrients potentially to the baby because you're you're using your body and getting that getting the blood going. Mm. I don't know. And, and also, also deliveries the delivery is better. Oh yeah. When you're when you're more when you're fitter. Definitely. And you imagine if you're continuing the train throughout your pregnancy, you're probably going to be eating better because you you know you're not especially if you're an athlete to begin with. Um, how difficult it must be psychologically to mm. kind of step take yourself out of this um, this this lifestyle that you've been living yeah. for potentially many years and suddenly go okay well now I'm pregnant I can't train and I can't lift and I'm not going to do anything that I usually do and it can uh, really take you out of what you're used to definitely and I. I feel like anyone who does a lot of exercise, there's mental impact, right? Mm -hmm. All of these endorphins. All these endorphins and all the community, like losing that. Mm. I would would send. Or just sitting and watching. Mm. How boring. (laughs) Steam coming out your ears. Just sit out. I mean, when I'm I'm injured occasionally, I'll. uh, Yeah, I go sit and watch. I think I think and heckle. Yeah, he usually <laughs> usually go. Oh god! I mean, it, 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 it's quite hard to do. Whenever I, whenever I've been injured, I've tried to. Um, I think w- one one big part of it is um, keeping the schedule. If you go training at six o'clock on a Monday, then if you're injured go at six o'clock on a Monday. If you've got nothing better to do, keep going because it means that you're not going to get out of the schedule of going. Uh, but also it kind of keeps your mind in the game and it can be, it's this double-edged sword because it's also super frustrating because yeah. you go and watch and be like, oh man, I really want to be training. But um, but yeah, I do try. When, when I'm injured, I will still go and I'll just watch. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Would you do that? I wouldn't. <laughs> just sit out and watch the others. Oh, did you have a good role, love? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd sit in the sofa, watch Netflix and eat. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> well, those are the, pretty much the two different paths yeah. that you could go down. There's two. Yeah. Uh, or sit on the sofa and watch jujitsu. You get a bit oh, of half yeah. and half, right? Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I my boyfriend watches a lot of MMA, and I've now started. I've gotten really into watching it with him. And whenever I watch, particularly fighting, like whenever they they punch or do something, I twitch because I'm <laughs> like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> feeling it, moving my head back and forth. He's like, stop moving, we'll sit over there. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you could get into it a little bit, yeah. can't you? But it's like, what happens when you watch? It's sort of like because you want to be in it. Mm. You're like. Oh, yeah, you definitely get a bit of adrenaline watching some of those big fights. Yeah, oh God, yeah. Um, anyway, you, you sort of kind of going back to women who fight, <laughs> um, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to know sort of why did you start this? You know, what, what was the intention behind it, which you've kind of gone into, but I'd like you to elaborate a little bit. And uh, and yeah, you know, what was the whole the whole thinking with it? Yeah. As Shanti said, it was a it was a cold night. No, it was, <laughs> when was it? It was, it was in a, a competition. It was at the I think I think it was on on English Open. Yeah. English English. Is at yeah, the end English of the? Open. Is it the end? We yeah, both. we were we were sitting and uh, we were talking about periods and you know PMS. PMS, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know, because I keep referring to it, thinking that everyone knows, PMS is the premenstrual syndromes, and um, so. 
we were talking about PMS, I think, and how to train around around mm. it. And we were like, what do you do? Well, I don't know. What do you do? Mm. And then what do, do, what do we eat then? Well, I don't know. And uh, anything that you're trying to find back then, anything that we tried to find online, it was very limited. Mm. Whereas if you, if you look for nutrition, mm. it, you, so many plans will come, be, be right in front of you mm. on your screen but it's just for men um, and, and we're like why don't we create it, you know a platform where women from martial arts can go in and find the information they want and it was Sunday mm. I think we met on, on a Monday we it went was to like Cost- let's do Costa. this <laughs> next day went to Costa we met, we met the guy who made our coffees and you bought you bought the the daddy.com something what? you bought a domain <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different a thing a domain <laughs> didn't, didn't you okay I used the go, go daddy, daddy. Go da- sorry. <laughs> just clarify sorry. that she did not go on daddy.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah just glad to clarify that I want to go okay <laughs> Marina, you promised you promised me you wouldn't tell anyone. I'm not supposed to share that. Bloody hell! <laughs> um, I need to rehearse. Did you did you girls know each other? Did you train with? We trained. We, we, we trained. both at Carlson's. Okay. We trained. We trained together. Yeah. yeah. You started a bit before me, but we were like on the similar page of mm. like figuring everything out. Figuring it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, both and clueless. We're still doing that. Mm. Yeah. Like any any piece of information that comes, we're like Shanti, Shanti, look. Yeah. Mm. Did you know that? Yeah. Shit. We need to. Yeah, 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 we get very excited about like really like like research articles like oh <laughs> yeah so so sort of what's the process with that because you do you know you post a lot you're really consistent and it seems to be pretty um you're not posting the same thing over and over again are you scouring the internet for research and information and articles we and go stuff? through phases well, of scouring well but before you answer that do you want to say exactly what we do because we yeah. we've, we've got many strands okay to what we do. and then you can fill in what i well forget. i think you're gonna um <laughs> be great <laughs> go on um so okay just so how we started was we would we started by just trying to get anyone who knew anything to talk to us which when you're no one and we had a web page with nothing on it we it was a bit it was obviously quite difficult i remember when we first actually created women who fight and then we tried to join bjj femmes as women who fight and they were like who are you and we we're like oh and they sort of were like that you have to like you this is a community like how do we know that you're not um mm. Oh my God, I was so like, scared back then. It was like, who are you? Are you a man in disguise? Yeah, they, they, they were very, fair enough, suspicious. Because, yeah. you know, we, we didn't have a face at the time. Because we were literally, I think we drew up the logo and we're like, okay, let's just whack that on and let's just have something. Anyway. And, that, and, and that's something that happens. Like, mm. guys pretend to exactly. be like, women pages. And, I have got, yeah. so, all right, the, the app, the Women Who Fight Facebook group, all right? Yeah. The open mouth. Women Who Fight Open mouth. I've got men trying to <laughs> join Trying in. to join like, it. Women Who Fight women who fight <laughs> what do you not understand love which says underneath it for women <laughs> who fight just in case you didn't catch that in case you didn't catch the what's in the title um but so we started out by trying to find articles and we were very website based and very um so i think we tried to get in contact with doctors and we had these questions that we had and that we knew a lot of other women would have so about periods what's good to eat before you train and after you train because we're also smaller we've got different hormones i don't know if we didn't know like does the same food apply mm. like what's this whole thing about like carbohydrates and you know alcohol impact on women is so different it's so different um and you know also the smaller stuff like hair i've lost so much hair yeah. in jiu-jitsu i every time it's like rip and it was stuff like how to um, just, you know, what's the, what's the good hairdo? 
mm. to keep your hair out the way, stuff like that. Um, and I think we started with that and we were trying to get in touch with one of our first interviews was Chris Cyborg, actually. Yeah. But it was wow. all written. And Michelle yeah. Nicolini. And Michelle like the Nicolini. big names yeah. were, were so willing to help. That was amazing. Angelica Galvao. Wow. These are the first people that it yeah. was just written. It was two, two girls in the UK be like, hello. <laughs> Can you send us some articles? Um, and I remember like we, so, and then we'd, we'd interview, we started going, okay, well, we need to interview them. We don't want it just to be written. We want to actually meet them and explain who we are so they understand what, um, what we're about. Um, and then I would type them up and oh it would just be this. And, you know, I mean, I love writing, but I'm not a writer. I don't, you know, I'm not, it's not my uh, forte. Um, so they were questionably written. Um, but then we started trying to get more articles written by other people. We thought, well, let's outsource. So then I think we were getting, I can't remember some of our earliest ones. Um, we, Charlotte, the dietitian. Oh, Charlotte yeah. de Bougany. De Bougany. Yeah, yeah, she's French. And she was our first um, person. Yeah, that was about nutrition, but that wasn't sports related. But we were trying to find, it's very hard to find a nutritionist who's sports related at that time. I think we mm. were, we'd really struggled and we'd reached out, but she was one of the ones that came back. So I think at the beginning it was like we'd reach out and then about 10% of them would actually be like, yes. Um, yeah, mostly was just emails out yeah emails out. so many emails out and we used to meet in Costa and that was like every as much as you possibly could at yeah. the beginning and we I think we did quite a lot we built we were, our website was on Wix it was it sort of did the job but um I think we've evolved so much and I think a lot of that happened over Covid Covid yeah, like Covid Covid was, it was it was a bit of a game changer because I suddenly was like I work in film and that's very much in in-person Yeah. industry you know you can't possibly that do really do that online so i was like at home just like let's build a website let's do this properly and so i spent like six months building us our new website and we were like i think then we realized that our interviews like i think we that was when we in, we interviewed you yeah and emma But that wasn't that wasn't google me that was on google me that was one of our first ones <laughs> I still see the quality. I'm like crying inside. <laughs> no, it was so good to be that bad quality. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, it definitely felt like we, yeah. Um, and then we, I think, I think one of our things has always been like anything that we can find, which is remotely interesting, we want to share because I think we want to be the bridge between people who do the research and who know the stuff yeah. and people who would like to know the stuff. But one of our main things is trying to get the people who know the stuff to write it and express it in a way that I could, we can understand yeah. without having yeah. to like go and learn all this, these other words. Terminologies. And, yeah, um, the stuff that's not relevant. Um, and making things relevant. And um, well, what am I missing? Well, to, for, for a research to reach The, 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 medi the medical industry, it takes how many years? Oh, like a few. So three to five years. <laughs> I can't yeah. So if, It's a if super the research, long process. Yes. So if super the research long. is here, sitting and waiting to be mm. picked, we need to have someone that actually conveys it to the people that need it. Mm. And we're talking about, you know, athletes need it. And, and if you look at the, the, the athletes that we know, these people... Most, most, most of them have another job. So they're trying to juggle, you know, mm. having a baby, having another job, training. And it might be that they, there's so much noise going on mm. uh, in their social media that they don't pick the right information. And there's so much false. That was the other mm. thing. We were like, there's so much stuff which doesn't either make sense mm. or it, I know it's wrong. 
um, just intuition, like that can't be right, but some people follow it. Um, and so the other thing was like, let's make sure that all the information we have is fact, is, is real, yeah. it's true. Yeah. That's why it was so important to us to actually have researchers who are like, okay, this is actually, if anyone wants to dig deeper, here's the research paper. And also one thing we've been able to do is bit share surveys they're looking out for, or they need people to come in and do stuff. So actually then connecting scientific studies with the people who it's for like and they can go and actually be involved mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then we what else do we do we also talk to, we talk to athletes because well yeah we, we 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 started we started by talking to athletes and seeing how you know their perspective but now i think we've reached now because because we're growing people trust us and so we have big names uh, mm. coming up um in the next few weeks mm. um but we, we we also want to you know after after lockdown because lockdown was mainly online our online mm. presence so after lockdown we, we thought you know we need to make these a more physical presence we need to meet people go out and you know organize because we had an online community but we wanted to, yeah we wanted to make it physical how did how did how did the open mat come up well i think we Don't wanted remember. to do one for a while because i think training with I, th- I think we just wanted to do one. We were like, we, it was literally like, let's get women together. We're, we're, you know, and our background is BJJ and we, we, we don't want to be exclusive in that. We want to branch out and be, you know, be somewhere that women who train MMA can go to and judo and all those physical, you know, combat sports. But um, I think we started with BJJ because that was our home turf. Mm. And also we saw a, ma- there was a need for it. Like we spoke to women who were like, yeah, I love that. It was, it was clear that it was, it was wanted. And you want, you want to keep it, you know, n- not affiliated to any yeah. gym so that you can have anyone. And when we, w- our first one in Faison, it was so pleasing to see oh so many God. girls and, you know, very nice and positive vibes. No, you know, ego. I was like, this is great. And the laughter. Yeah. There was so much laughing going on and so much like, so it was so relaxed and like people, girls were going for it, but it was so at like their own pace. (laughs) I remember our intro was like, if you are, if you have PMS and you're gassy, just tell the next, the person next to you because they've been there and then they know it and everyone clicked. You know, I've got, yeah. I had a friend who, 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 who has endometriosis so she, she suffers from pain Mm. and she was like, I could tell anyone. I was like, Sorry, I'm I'm on my period. Can we tone it down a little bit? Yeah, don't touch my belly, or I will cry. <laughs> and I, I, I'm because you know the, the 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 open mats that you girls are running, they seem to be, I mean, super successful. You're getting so many, like an unbelievable amount of women training at the same time. Um, and everyone that I've seen that has gone to them has absolutely loved them. Like the feedback seems to be amazing. Um, I know that women women's only seminars has been something that's happened sort of sporadically over the past, you know, over the past 10 years. I mean, there was a lot of controversy at one point where guys thought it was unfair that women <laughs> could train together, which is so bizarre, isn't it? I mean, like, what, but what about a men's class? You're like, Every class is men's but, class. But, but, but like, that's actually like genuinely true that, you know, I travel around and I do a lot of seminars and there'll be there'll be plenty of gyms where there is not a single woman there and it wouldn't be considered 
it's something you don't even think about like you go there you teach a seminar and you wouldn't mm. if you weren't even looking out for it you wouldn't even clock it mm. um, and it's actually if there's a seminar with five or six women on the mat you're going wow that, that's a lot you know this Jim's doing something good about this um, so yeah it was always funny and then of course you had Sam Cook who would you know was really running a lot of uh, um, womanars womanars yeah and um, kind of it, I, I think guys seem to accept after a while it, from, from my perspective anyway it seemed like there's a lot less pushback on that that guys started to realize that they weren't like meeting up to gossip about men yeah. and that they just women yeah. just wanted to train together yeah. and it didn't threaten them in any yeah. way uh but but i don't think i've seen any what like the open mat that you're doing which is just you come and you train and kind of you're, you're, you're alluding to it a little bit there but it seems like the atmosphere is really different to how women would be training in a mixed class a mixed open mat even in like a really um women centric gym even in one where they felt really comfortable is it that different and, well, and you're allowed you're like don't get me wrong you're allowed to say yes well, well <laughs> like it, it, in my eyes please correct me if I my will. eyes don't see what you see <laughs> but in my eyes it, it's a space where you can say whatever you want about anything very, very personal. So if, like in, in a mixed class, I would never talk about how yeah. gassy I am, ever. Yeah. I would, I would n- I, I'm very, you know, I would never say, you know, am I fart? Mm. <laughs> you know? I, I felt, I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling very, very, you know, it's an, it's an open space where I can talk to each other. And, and you know, they... Yes, I don't know all of the women that come, but it's a nice way to just mm. get to know each other. Whereas in a, in a gym, in a gym setting, if I go to an open mat to another gym, I might not connect with women as much. It's, it's more territorial. When you go to someone's gym, mm. you want to, you know, sh- you know, cover your ground, make sure that you, mm. you're good enough, show, that, show your skills, something. prove something. Yeah. And, and your, your ego is a little bit higher yeah and i'm talking about myself no, I, don't I, know. Think, I don't i think that no I, I there's a lot of i agree with everything i think the a sense of having to prove my experiences in normal classes and less so now because i've done it for a while yeah. and I'm, I'm if someone's being shitty when i'm rolling with them it's like well that's your problem not mine um but i do know that when i first started a lot of it when you're rolling you know and there's one other girl either you've got to fight her and prove yourself against her because mm. you're being compared inevitably or you're rolling with guys who are you know I mean I'm 62 kilos like every guy is going to be bigger than me really and so then it's like I'm this is why I hurt myself so much was because I'd be like no Mm. I don't I'm here and I'm I'm putting everything I can in and actually it's like I am trying to prove myself all the time but and at, at the risk of getting injured whereas there's something you know I mean I think competing is always suggested as a really good way for women to go and roll with them but then again it's in a really high intensity situation yeah. you're still being judged you're still obviously there's a place for it but just if you just want to roll and meet other women so that you can connect and potentially meet up for rolling later and i think that was one of the things we wanted to do we were like let's get these women meeting each other like let's get them so they're like oh man i live i'm only at the gym down the road i didn't even know you existed please yeah. can you come and train with yeah. me um and it is about being open it's about creating a really safe space i mean you know for women who wear hijab or you know people who don't want to show like their hair or you know maybe something like that um it's also there's no guys there you know we have had to have a male photographer sometimes but there's no chance they're going to roll with another guy like and for thing for a lot of 
people that's like a godsend like mm. I think when, when we're there it is everyone there is just smiling they're like this is amazing I mean at yeah. my gym you know I the last few times I've gone there's just been it's just been me I'm the only girl oh my god and that's really hard and you know all the guys are fantastic and I do I would not want to roll in a I wouldn't want a women's only gym it's not about being like I think we should split this in half mm. and we should go over there and it's like no I I love rolling with guys they have so much to offer but you need a balance and I think that's what we're trying to create is a space where it's like you can find that and you need to see what like what works because you with with guys you're like oh, are you letting me do mm. this oh, am i doing it because i'm really good or because yeah. you're giving me the you know it's very very weird this this dynamic this balance and sometimes like guys go you know go super hard and you're like oh you're gonna injure me or they go super light and you're like do something you're underestimating me like find the balance and mm. I do understand that it's my, it might be very hard for a, an is. 80 kilo guy, guy <laughs> to be like alright what, what sort of strength am I using yeah. I mean I had this argument with Thomas during lockdown I was like you are hurting my back like try not to push, put all of your pressure in my hips and uh, we were like alright how are we going to work it out mm. let's, let's change the position let's try other positions and it's hard I do understand it's hard But then we are on the other side, you know, not exposing ourselves to what's what's mm. the reality. So in a competition, what am I going to face? Yeah, that's why we we created this uh, competition, Euros competition yes. prep. Yeah. So that was, oh, was amazing, phenomenal. Is my volume okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It was getting phenomenal. louder. It was phenomenal. So because we knew, all right, Dan, listen to me. Look, I'm, I'm, because I'm we knew. At you. <laughs> <laughs> that if you put women that are, are, are about to go to Euros and fight to, you know, train against each other, they would go nuts. Mm. We started, after the drills and the warm-up, we started with bad positions. So you kill all, all of the ego. <laughs> so everyone is in a bad position. Yeah. Everyone is... Was fucked up, yeah. <laughs> and then you reset and you go, all right, no one round. Oh, because we did Shark Tank, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, Shark Tank. It was the best. It was ever. great. And me and Marina, I was a bit ill. And Marina wasn't feeling very well either. She had a period, so we were both just wandering around. I had like lost a voice, but I was just like, we. So we weren't training, so we were just being like, right, okay. <laughs> you were just like riling everyone else up. <laughs> yeah, we were just like, it was amazing. Let's really fuck everyone it was up. Amazing. Yeah. It amazing. was amazing, and I do feel. I mean, what is it like for you rolling with a girl? It's really hard. I mean, it's it. This is sort of a discussion that when you talk about women doing jujitsu, inevitably you end up talking about. And I feel like the um, advice that is given is like it doesn't work. It's it's this thing where you're right. There's there's like a balance that you have to find between not going too hard and not going too gentle, and the the sort of that spectrum is so broad and the perfect area is so precise that it's <laughs> essentially impossible to find it. Mm. You will either go a little bit too hard or you'll go too gentle. And I think, you know, me personally, I would always veer very much on the too gentle side, especially being someone, you know, I'm 90 kilos um, and uh, I don't want to be crushing anyone and looking like an arsehole. So I find rolling with women uh, to be a nightmare especially when they're good grapplers because you're <laughs> I'm like try not to use any strength and then they're like legitimately beating the shit out of me 
like the way, like genuinely like a lot of the when i used to roll with leone when i roll with sam when i roll with i mean even some of the the the, the lower level girls women have the ability i don't understand why maybe it's like the smaller shoulders women's side control that shoulder pressure that they put in it's just better than any guy that i've ever <laughs> done it with i've said this so many times maybe uh, smaller surface yeah i think area. i think it's a <laughs> so small it's, shoulder yeah. just, just getting in uh or they just get in position they think i'm gonna crush the patriarchy right now <laughs> <laughs> no uh, uh but you know legitimately and you know a really interesting thing is uh, the, the, a big difference in the flexibility and mobility especially in the mm. spine mm. Um, women have the ability in my experience to have uh, freaky mobility uh, for their upper body and their lower body to almost detach I saw you on Cleo's uh, watching like a fight of a very very bendy yeah. grappler and you were like <laughs> <laughs> He was, his I mean, mind my, was face is, my face is, when I'm referring Cleos, uh, have been known to be a little bit out there. Uh, but I remember, and, and, and it's weird because obviously when you, when you train for a long time, like I have, you, there's a, a certain expectation in how you expect a opposing body to move mm. and how it's going to react to certain things. And I remember ro- uh, doing some rounds with Leone, for example, and you know, you, you'd sweep someone and their hips would go in one direction and of course you're expecting the upper body to follow, but the upper body doesn't move. And you're like, but, but this doesn't make any sense. Like I've swept you and your, 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 your legs are facing up, but your upper body's still facing down. So, uh, you know, there, there, there's certainly, I think a lot of it is to do with familiarity. I think that's a big thing. I think someone, um, you know, someone who I did a lot of rounds with, uh, for example, Abby O'Toole, who mm. was a student of mine mm. when I was teaching at Mill Hill for, for a couple of years. She was one of the only, she was, I believe, the only female that I had in my classes for about a year. That must um, be so hard. Yeah, wow. and, but she was you know, like, like legit badass and she would like beat the crap out of a lot of guys. And we used to roll quite a lot. Uh, and I think you, the more you roll with someone, the better you work out where you sit with them. Mm. Um, if they're physically strong, it's a lot easier. I mean, like when I roll with, I roll with Emma Percy, uh, when I see her, I'm good friends with Emma. And the last time I roll with her, she's so tiny. She's so absolutely <laughs> tiny that you're like, I can't, but then also an absolute savage. And I'm just like running around with her choking me on my back the whole time. So it, it, it it's legitimately hard. You know, it's, um, mm. the, the, I feel like the advice that is given to guys when it comes to rolling with women is way easier said than done. It's one of the few things where like, I'm going to stick up for guys, be like, it's not that easy. Yeah. You can't just, cause you'll see some stuff where go, don't, you know, don't smash them. Uh, so you don't smash them like, but don't go too light. And you're like, oh, what am I going to do? So but one, one important thing to, to put in an asterisk is do not explain the technique while the, oh, whilst yeah. the technique don't is do done. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean that, that, that's something that no one should do ever. <laughs> no. right? that, that, that's so something. Bad. Especially when they're like, like lower and belt and you're like, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, I imagine is, is sort of, do you feel condescended a lot you know like naturally do you feel like that's something that you may be susceptible to when you're grappling against men everyone's so different Mm. there are some guys who don't who who are condescending and i learn that and then i'm like okay well and also generally people who are really condescending don't i i don't know they don't necessarily roll so well because that's sort of what's going on in like with me but like so many guys aren't like not at all like it's totally 
and, and the guys that are, you know, the follower that up, do you think that the, and this is kind of the more nuanced, the more interesting question, do you think it comes from a, a, a genuine place of they're trying to help you, yes. but it's coming off the wrong way or they're actually dep- being assholes? I think it, enti- again, it t- entirely depends. Mm. I, I don't think, I don't think, it, I mean, you, you must, you must be very weird to want to be an asshole. I think, I think you are an asshole I mean, without look, knowing I've it. I've seen it. Yeah. I have seen it. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not, it yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying that I'm not sure how much thinking there is prior to the action that's condescending. Yeah. I feel like it's an extension of our society, though, because, exactly. you know, stereotypically, you know, man's, there's mansplaining is a word because it's a thing. And mm. I think that it's just guys take it into the gym and they sometimes think, oh, I managed to armbar you, even though I'm a lower belt, I must know more. Maybe. And you're like, well, you're also twice my weight. Maybe that's got something to do with it. And I don't have any problem with losing anymore, like like I used to. Um, but so if a guy's much bigger and stronger, I've now... It's interesting because I think it's hard for guys to roll with girls. But I also... The way that I come into any role with any new mm. guy, <clears throat> I come in really gently. doesn't matter if they're big or small. Because mm. they need to know... Like, I'm not going to... I used to come in hard and then they would biggest problem i've ever found with rolling with the guy is if they explode yeah that is when i've been injured because my knee is in the wrong place and they just go through my knee or they explode and they like i've i i've had a really bad eye injury and like or i've i've had a neck once i was rolling with a guy i was on his back and he rolled forwards onto my neck and it was like i should have been if now i did that i would have jumped off but i was a white belt and i had no idea what to do and it was because it's like these decisions which are like they're not thought through the best roles I have is when a guy is aware of his weight he doesn't explode and there's like it's speed mm. I love speed mm. like best, cardio like let's go and let's scramble the best people I've rolled with and I think you would agree Shanti are the men that are small smaller because they've they know how to, they know how to survive in a gym full of big boys and they've been very technical in order to do that so they come to you with the speed and technique and you're like this is amazing so every time I go to a class I'm like weighing people I say how much do you weigh Mm, (laughs) under 60 no under 70 so uh, that's how I gauge and and they're going to be closer to your size and weight and you want you want these smaller people because these the attributes that they have better that's that's not general i'm not generalizing but i'm just saying i think what's interesting as well though is when you're rolling do you would you now tell a guy because we've all rolled with someone who's too rough and you're like you're going to you're going to hurt me like it's just a matter of time because you're being you're landing like like today someone landed on my hip like he was just being a bit clumsy and it was like it, it happens we all get injured sometimes but it's like would you ever tell a big guy you're or anyone you're running way too hard and i can feel an injury is about to happen because i don't this is so bad i'm, I'm running bloody women who fight and i'm not to be fair this is shame on me shame shame on me because i should be i should be comfortable on my skin to say you know you're yeah going it's hard. Way out of line. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying any, anything to anyone that stings, that has yeah. a gear that's stinky, you know? I need, to, I need to learn how to do that. I need to stop, start talking. I mean, I'm saying, what I'm saying it, 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 it's, it is really difficult, though. And I think, um, you know, it, it, it goes back to sort of just awkwardness, right? Yes. And this is like a natural human thing. And, 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 and it takes a lot of... Um, courage really to 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 actually have a confrontation that 
could would be very very easy for you to just walk away and ignore it and it's something that i've had to deal with as an instructor as well um and that could come in many many different forms uh where you have to tell someone off basically because someone's doing something out of line and it could be they're rolling too hard it could be that their geese stinks it could be a whole number of different things uh and a lot of the time our natural human instinct is to avoid these things and then they literally go away but obviously Mm. you haven't actually you haven't actually sorted out the problem Mm. so yeah and the problem is that this recycles if you don't stop it this person is going to go to another woman and do the same thing, mm. which which is a problem and I need to address it. I remember I rolled with a guy, bless him. He hadn't washed his ghee from the night before because he, d- he said he didn't have time. But I remember. <laughs> she was crying afterwards. I cried afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having I, mean, I mean, just to visualize there, <laughs> a ghee so bad in smell that it reduced someone to tears. <laughs> It's pretty pudgy. Yeah, you know, it's there. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the, it's one of like the basic rules of grappling, right? Is like wash, wash, be, be clean yourself, and make sure that everything you're in. I mean, I watched uh, someone back, and this is the time that I certainly did say something. Uh, someone was cleaning their rash guard, not even a ghee. I mean, rash guards are easy to clean. Yeah. They were, um, they had a, a rash guard drenched in sweat. And they were drying it. No. Uh, I think from the day beforehand as well, even worse. They were drying it in front of the uh, heater that we had. And I was like, dude, you are not putting that gi on and rolling in my class. There is just absolutely no way it's happening. Go home. It was just disgusting. I could could you imagine that? Oh my Putting God. A, sweaty, a sweaty gi back on. Did he, did he go home and like yeah, come back he... with a new one? I can't remember. No. Did he no. ever do it again? I think he might have stopped training <laughs> <laughs> with me. Any, with me anyway. Well, if Good. I can't I wear it twice, I don't class that as a. I don't class that as a loss. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, I rolled with. I actually rolled two guys who's reduced me to tears because of their smell. And the second time, I actually told him. Oh really? And he was so embarrassed. He left the mat. And what I was trying to say was, like, I'm really sorry. When did you last wash your gi? It's really. It really smells pretty bad maybe you could borrow one from downstairs and I'm happy to roll with you. And he just like went bright red and went, oh. And then he left and I was like, oh, he's gone to get a new gi. He just didn't come back. Yeah. But then I rolled with him a week later and he had a clean gi. I mean... I mean, look, you, you saved the society. My I life. was just about to say, you might have <laughs> saved a lot of people. <laughs> that was really good. I was like, I was, but the thing is when I saw him, I was like, I'm going to roll with you because it's not personal. Because yeah. it's not, it's not. It's just, yeah. just be clean. And I think mm. that that's... I think that's not too bad. Yeah, no, that is like hygiene in, in grappling is super important. Just even for infections. And, and you know what? I, I, like, w- we notice it. We, we, I think know, women are more sensitive yeah, to smells to as smells. well. Like, sometimes Thomas doesn't. He's like, does that smell? I was like, yes. <laughs> this smells very Can bad. Can we burn it? <laughs> but then I, I also think that there's something in that uh, men are sort of less sensitive to the smell of man if that makes sense like a guy will like i'll walk into a gym that's like a little bit of a you know a, a classic yeah. stinky mma and it smells of musty men mm. and i imagine a woman walking in there would go this is one of the most disgusting places i've ever been in my life and mm. refuse to go in there so mm. i think that it's natural that um that men are just used to Maybe the stench so. of men more than women are <laughs> 
Maybe. Maybe. Can I ask you a question? Of course. So you've been around for eight. No, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You've been around for absolutely. I have been around for eight. You've been around since the start of these. You like you were a fundamental person since the Big Bang. Yes, exactly. So tell me, how do you did you see women's involvement mm. into BJJ and martial arts grow because you you have you yeah. have you've been, yeah yeah you've been there yeah I have yeah Since the kid uh, I mean you know, you know you're right it's and and it's kind of something that I wanted to ask you because you're a lot more on the ground you know like, like particularly you two individuals not just as women but as women who run these uh, open mats and who are super involved uh, with, with with the women in the jiu-jitsu community in the UK especially um it, it it is amazing the difference between now and 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 back in the day i mean i remember training with women but there would be one woman on the mat you know it would be pretty standard it was a time that you know the idea of a woman black belt was ludicrous you know that when i first started jiu-jitsu there were no male black belts that were uk born you know even the idea of uh, a black belt you know i trained i trained last night and we're in a very small gym in north london at uh, in, in barnet there were 12 black belts on the mat. And there was a time where there were not 12 black belts in the country. You know, you could born black belts in the country. And there were 12 UK born black belts on the mat at one time. Wow. I mean, it, it just the advancement, the speed that it's advanced in that regard is huge. And in terms of women, you know, there was, that you know, there's been different uh, generations of women coming up sort of kind of that you can classify as sort of eras for women in grappling. But the the number of women that you see training at the the open mats that you guys run is sort of unfathomable 40 50 women training together the idea of that is sort of crazy and it's so impressive and it just goes to show how much the sport has come along and i'm sure it's got so much further to go um but i think a, a big part of that is um women going up through the ranks getting their brown belts getting their black belts and um you know, we, we had sort of that first generation of, of women black belts with Leone and with Sam and, you know, how, how well Fion's done and, you know, mm. Fion's gone to be such a, a star internationally mm. and, you know, just one of the most inspirational people uh, in the sport. I mean, sort of every single woman I know and some of them who don't even train jujitsu just think, you know, look at her. And I think having individuals like that. Um, and she's super cool and super nice and she's funny and she's down to earth. And um, I think having having someone like that, just women who come into the sport or pe- people may see, you know, see her doing something, smashing up some tournament, beating some bigger girl in a tournament or winning something, coming back with medals and think, I can do this. Like there's a space for me here. And that was something that, that just didn't exist in the UK until relatively recently with like Leone and with Sam and with um, uh, Christine Madonna, uh, McDonald, McDonald, I apologize, Christine. Uh, but you know, there was a, you know, a load of women and you know, we have stuff now like um, uh, Joanna White in Southampton setting up this mm. women's only tournament, mm. Mm. Uh, which funnily enough, I mean, as soon as it was announced, a friend of mine messaged me, I um, almost set up a women's only grappling show about, six or seven years ago like no you years, didn't yeah really? i swear on my life no. I, I mean what was it going to be called to the point i don't remember what <laughs> Raspberries i was going to have a, I didn't, it might have been uh but i had I'm, i mean i'd spoken to all of the women that i wanted to invite because it was a point and the reason why i did it uh very simply was that there were 
the 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 women who were competing at the highest level in the UK, the UK jiu-jitsu women who were competing at the highest level were game to fight anyone. And at that time, there wasn't the male equivalent. The guys who were fighting were not, oh, they're two weight classes below me. Oh, they're three years younger than me. They just wouldn't, they, it would have been impossible. I wanted to run a no time limit eight-person tournament with a big prize at the end and um they just it would have been infeasible to get the men to do that and mm. you know they'd agree to do it and then they pull out but i knew that the women would be game so i i think it was going to be like leone and sam and uh, christine and um i think caroline cariello and a few of the other girls rosie sexton and i'd messaged them they were like all game i'd spoken to tatami i'd like got sponsorship and i was just trying to look for a venue and then i sort of never found anywhere and it never happened uh so no. it's really yeah 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 but but like just because of the venue i mean that's sort of like the venue's a big thing it was just like right. i was i was sort of getting into the logistics and looking for somewhere and then i ended up uh, doing right. something else and sort of abandoning the project and it yeah. just getting away from me a little bit yeah. um so it was super cool to see uh joanna um organ you know starting to organize this and i think we're in a place now where it's much easier to do that there's so many more women competing mm. through all of the ranks and um I, you know i've I, I offered my I, I will probably be there doing commentary for that event as well so oh, wow. um, i'm really looking forward to that but but stuff like that that was you know the, the the opportunities for women um is so much bigger now and that's and it's super cool and the number of women that are doing it is super cool and you've got people like uh Fionn to look up to do you yeah. know what what i think it, it was catalytic in the in this change when you have a woman yeah giving seminars to both sexes. Yeah. So, so I saw yeah, you're right. so oh many men attending Fion seminars mm. and I'm like, yes, exactly that. That, that mm. There's change coming about. You're, you're absolutely right and, and you're spot on. There was a time where women would give seminars but they'd only be women's seminars. Or, or you know? Children. Ki- yeah, kids. <laughs> you know, where, where, where it was almost like th- this idea that a woman couldn't give knowledge to a guy mm. for it to be useful and and a huge shift in the mentality to go well if someone's world-class like Fionn is her jiu-jitsu techniques are going to work just as well if not better because she's having to do it against girls who are bigger and guys in training who are bigger than her all the time those techniques are going to be just as valid and just as useful as, as techniques That's, that you'd learn from a guy absolutely i mean something that i would love to see some like is more women just in gyms teaching mm. i think this is something i find very frustrating it's like and i think it's i there are some fantastic women and it's like if you want to you know there are brown or black belt women in a gym just teaching kids or yeah. just teaching women and it's like if you want to like why why are they they got their black belt before he did and he's got a class and i think it's not it's not like intentional mm. But it is sexist because, again, as you say, you know, she's had to fight bigger people constantly and has probably gone out and done really, really well. But she's still just teaching women. And yes, she should definitely be teaching a women's class, but she should also be given the like not kudos, but given the responsibility and the honor of giving her gifts to everyone like mm. and i think that that is i don't see that often enough and that's how you change the the yeah. the mentality of men mm. when they are more uh, you know more th- when they're more like when they accept the fact that yes i can learn from a woman yeah. and, and I, i i respect her game then that's how you sh- you shift the mentality yeah. i mean we were talking to a sports psychologist about ways because 
there's, there are many gyms still in, in England that don't have enough women and they want to attract yeah. women. And what they do to do that is they offer free classes for women. Do you want to... Well, yeah. something's free. It's not really valuable. Yeah. And it's also, quite weird. I think we actually held one free event before COVID. Intro. And it was an intro. It was for everyone. And it had kickboxing and it had BJJ and it had some psychology stuff. It was like, it's like something that we're looking, you know, we're thinking about yeah. doing more of, but... Um, it was free and I think that was our biggest mistake mm. yeah you because can't. people don't value and this is just psychology you don't value something if it's free and also you know you need you need people to commit you need them to be like no I, I you know people just value money and you know it's like if it, if it costs me something I will treat it in a different way if it's free I just won't turn up or you know it also attracts like different people maybe who are a bit more like less committed um, but so yeah, we, we, we set that up. Um, uh, what the, the no, my, my my previous point previous point. So these sports psychologists, she said, you need to have women in leadership positions. Mm. You need to have women. You need to have women that are the, the role models for other women to come in. So make mm. space for women. This is the interesting thing I hear a lot is that people are like, oh, we'll make space. Like, oh, well, when more women want to do yeah. it, we will open our doors more and we will make more of an effort. And I just think that the, that's such a... The only women who will get through the door will be people, who, certain type of women who are like... I mean, I started jiu-jitsu, my dad's a black belt. Mm -hmm. And I had his... I kind of had all of his... Um, I felt very safe. Mm. When I was at the gym, I felt very like protected, very protected. Just in like, I mean, you know, there's like 40 guys here. You know, I was, you know, it was in my early 20s and I was like, never been in a space which is this male dominated before. Um, and I think that a lot of the women I talked to who started, either their boyfriend did it yeah. or they had a like there was a really good women's class that was there. Or there was a female black belt who they kind of saw and were like, oh, yeah, she's she's again, like, you know, you were saying female being a role model. But I think it's not about being like, oh, we'll make space when women are here. It's like, no, make space and women will fill it. Mm. And I think that's something that, again, with our open mats, we're like, let's make space. And it, 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 it's taken us so little to be able to get girls to come. It's just mm. we say it's on and they're like, great, I'll be there. Mm. And I think it's that's the whole thing. It's like and it's like with um, the uh, Joanna's event for women, it's. It's time. It really yeah. feels like it's like, right, okay, let's just get this going. Like, let's make women more. I mean, half the girls that are open mats are white belts, which means that like at our last event, we had, you know, four brown belts, four or five purples, like 10, 12 we blues. Had, we had and about belt. 25 white belts were there. And it's like, well, all of you guys will might be black belts one day. Like mm. that is, and they were all so, a lot of them were like, I have never seen a brown belt or a black belt girl before. Mm. Never seen them. Like uh, just didn't, not exposed to them. And I think that is another amazing thing that women in leadership, leadership positions mm. make such a difference. Yeah, I, th I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I want to talk more in a little bit about um, kind of getting more women training in, in certain gyms that, that struggle with that. Uh, but I definitely say that the gyms that are most successful when it comes to having a lot of women do have women in leadership roles. Um, you know, I remember Yaz Wilson when she was doing her stuff at RGA and, and, and the RGA women's team blew up or, you know, Sam who when she was teaching at Fight Zone and they have a big women's team there. And it seems that you you need to have a high grade, uh, you know, at the time, brown belt was fine. That was the highest grade that women were. But mm -hmm. now you need a black belt women in those positions to to, to say... I, I imagine 
that if you walk into a gym and you see a couple of blue belt women, maybe one purple belt woman, and all of the brown and black belts are guys, you go, well, actually, that's not me. You can't see yourself in that position because you don't have an example. Whereas if you walk into a gym and see a black belt woman, you go, okay, well, I can become that. I can mm, get there. Absolutely. Um, so I... All of the gyms that have seem to have very, very big, very strong women's teams um, seem, you know, have that strong female lead. Um, but when you were talking about that, and I was thinking about that, it kind of it made me think about retention and actually how obviously retention in jiu-jitsu is such an important thing. And how you said, you know, twenty-five white belts, fifteen years if they all keep training, there'll be twenty-five. You know, even if there's none others, that's a lot of women black belts <laughs> in the UK. Uh, but obviously retention is such a massive issue that uh, um, a very small proportion of people who start mm. get to black belt. And the only reason you don't get the black belt is because you quit. Yeah. There's, no, there's basically no other way that you can't get a black belt. As long as you keep on showing up, you'll get it at one point. And it makes me feel almost that it's more like if you are a woman and you're training jujitsu, it's more important for you to keep training than than a guy because you don't need we don't need more guys training it's so male dominated and especially in the black belt level yeah of course we want more people training we regardless of gender or sex but um i feel like if you're a woman it's almost more important because you're relying on that person making it through the black belt to become the leaders in five or ten years time absolutely and giving them that like again it's like making them feel appreciated in that space by giving them that responsibility of teaching Mm. I think that's so, I think you're so right. And also having a few rules in place, I think, after the recent events, Um, you you have to make sure that your gym is a safe space for women. So if there is any... Mm. chance that anyone would do something to this woman mm. you as a, an owner as an instructor you need to have some procedures in place well, yeah. well you know let, let, let's get on to this because i feel like we we needed to uh talk about this and i know that a lot of the people who i spoke to that you know when i said that i was coming on that, that you guys were coming on the podcast this is a big topic in jiu-jitsu at the moment obviously sort of jiu-jitsu had its me too movement mm-hmm in summer last year i i remember i remember when it broke because it was the day that i had my shoulder surgery and i was up at night and sam posted this thing about jackson and well it was happening a little bit beforehand with the stuff about um marcelo concarvis um and fight sport guys and obviously that motivated sam to uh, to talk about jackson and then everyone this kind of this massive thing happened Mm. and it really did feel like jiu-jitsu was having its me too moment well (laughs) jiu-jitsu had and and and, and it is having, and we don't see it. Yeah. All right, there are cases that this is happening now. Our problem was that, as much as it's great that some, you know, came out and said, you know, said, shared her story, it was just because she was a black belt that her story was heard. Mm. If Sam was a white there belt was... at the time when she shared her story, her story would be shut down. Do you believe that? Yeah, absolutely. The amount of women I know who've had. Well, he was, this, some of the stuff that he did was absolutely appalling. Um, but a lot of the women who I've met, I mean, so I'm, there was a girl at my gym. I now train in Bristol um, at Pedra And there was a girl there, she doesn't train there anymore, but she said, oh yeah, yeah, he followed me home. Oh yeah, he messaged me. And I was like, what? How is, how is this, you know, it's like, she's like, oh no, I never told. Why would I tell anyone what could be done? And I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, 
the, the 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 black belt community is still very tight isn't it you know yeah. there are some people who and this is actually not about being a black belt this is about people will protect their friends yeah and i think sometimes there's this thing where oh oh he would never do anything he's lovely or she um oh no they could never do that that's 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 not in their character but it's like well actually it, it, like that's that, that i think people rely on that their knowledge of this person mm. when actually there are some people who do things behind closed doors in private, which are not okay. And you just cannot tell when I think, which is really hard because I think a lot of women will share a story with someone and then it'll be like, oh, don't tell anyone. It's not worth it. Or no one will believe you. Or where's the proof? All men know about other men and they say it in a joking way. Yeah. Which is more like, Oh, he's just like that. You know, oh, he's he a player. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's just, it's like dismissed. He's sending dick pics. That's what he does. He's yeah. known for it. I mean, yeah. what? I mean, I mean the, the, the Jackson Souza thing was interesting because um, he had this reputation initially of being this super nice guy. I mean, like, especially like you talk about Jack, super nice guy, super friendly, obviously charismatic, had a big mm. Brazilian personality. And then I heard um, a few years ago, um, maybe three, three or four years ago, uh, I heard news to the contrary. Um, and obviously not to the, I didn't realize to the extent that, that it was happening, but knew that he was not such a nice guy and kind of looked at him in a, in a, in a different way after that. And you're right. I think a lot of people, they don't realize it, it, it is this cognitive dissonance where you think that, you know, someone, um, and it turned, you know, you couldn't imagine someone doing something bad mm. that you'd have to condemn them for. But of course mm. that can absolutely happen. I mean, you know, a case that probably, uh, people might not know about in in jiu-jitsu i mean a much lower profile of or a higher profile case is the the katie piper you know the woman who had acid thrown on her face oh. uh i mean and, and because you know it was obviously a massive thing and she's gone to make you know have an incredible career uh working in the entertainment industry uh the guy who did that was a jiu-jitsu guy he mm. trained at rogers i trained with him yeah I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people might not know about. Obviously, this is very, very old news. We're talking, it's got to be 15 years ago that this happened. And I can't remember his name. But I trained with him. I rolled with him. He was, I believe he was a Bluebell or a Rogers. And, um, and you would never expect it. And it's a guy who would go on to throw acid onto this woman's face and try and ruin her life. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's a important lesson to know just because you think you know someone you don't really know them especially if you only know them because they've been called to you on the mat and i think you know that the other thing of course is that how can a man judge another man on how they by how can they judge that person by how they treat women mm. if they've only had an interaction as them as a man mm. so it's like if you if you ask a man what they think of jackson Sousa, they go oh super nice guy mm. and you ask a woman what they think of jackson Sousa, he goes he's a complete creep yeah you know yeah. where but then of course the people that you would be turning to and 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 you know this is a massive thing obviously that needs to be addressed on where is the safeguard and where is the route for a woman to because especially if I mean, we all know how close-knit a jiu-jitsu academy is. And let's say you have five black belts at a jiu-jitsu academy and one of them does something inappropriate mm. to one of the female students. 
those five black belts I'm, are going to be best mates. Exactly. They're going to be brothers. They're going to be trained with each other for the last 15 yeah. years. Yeah. How do you go and then take that through? You know, where, where is the resources for a woman to take that to a level where something's going to be done about it? I don't think there is a safeguarding still after after so much that has has been said online and you know there's there's nothing concrete there. People say, I mean, people say, why don't you go to the police? I and mean, there's you need to you need to submit file on file, give evidence on evidence, and 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 the police might not be able to do yeah. much. So, I mean, I mean, this this, this is. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, I, I, I think, when it comes to... And this is something that I've learned, you know. And, and as a man, you won't understand these things unless you put in intentional effort into trying to understand them. I'm very lucky because I have a lot of close female friends that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't... In my opinion, it's a massive issue. Um, one of the big problems in society, I believe, is that men feel like they can't be friends with women. Um, and therefore, they're kind of, you know... Like, why would you ignore 50% of the human population, right? It's like that sort of thing. Why are you, you know, you're not going to be able to learn a huge part about life. But when it comes to reporting sexual sexual abuse or rape and stuff like that, how traumatizing that can be. I know, unfortunately, a few of my friends have gone through stuff that they had to make a decision. And guys don't say go to the police because they're trying, like they're genuinely trying to help. But it comes from a place of complete ignorance that mm. they don't understand. The convic- conviction rate is so small. The prosecution rate is so small. You know, that the amount of evidence that they need, they're going to take your phone and they're going to st- go through it, all of your phone. They're going to do this. Yeah. You're going to have to go in. You're going to have to go and have things done to your body that aren't going to be pretty, you know, very pleasant to you. All of these things happen. And at the end of the day, probably nothing is going to happen. Mm. most women who go through this sort of stuff are just not going to be asked why would you put yourself through more trauma for no reason after you've gone through something like that so even though i think a lot of guys will say well go to the police or do something like that like it's coming from a place of you know Mm. it's coming from a from a a genuine place where they're trying to help but they don't Mm. understand what that actually means absolutely and i think there's this classic thing of victim blaming where it's like oh well you shouldn't be wearing a short skirt oh why did you, you know... I mean, if anyone thinks that, they're an arsehole. I mean, like, there's the, 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 that can never come... come that on, doesn't, the, you're asking for it. How many times but, you've, you, have you heard it? But that doesn't, come from, asking for that doesn't come from a good place. There's no way no. that that can come from a good place. Whereas you should go to the police does come from a good place. Right. You know? It does. I, maybe I slightly misrepresented. I mean, I meant more like it's, you know, when a guy says like... Um, Oh, don't worry. It's, it's, it's coming from a safe, oh, it's be safe, you know, be safe. And it is a bit like, instead of going, telling women, oh, don't go outside or, you know, or go and learn martial art. It's like, oh, let's educate the men. Let's fight. Let's, let's, let's start education young and explain how to respect women and mm. people who are not as strong as you and people who you intimidate. Because I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like, it's the onus is put on women. I've growing up, I've always felt responsible. I went through this phase when I was about 18 or 19. I just started wearing ba- baggy clothes. Mm. I was so fed up of getting attention for being a young girl. And I had to, that was, that's how I dealt with it. And, um, I feel like often it's just too much responsibility is put on women to not get attacked rather than the potential attackers being, I don't know how you do it. I feel like there's got to be, there's got to be some way, but other than like education or do you know what I mean? You, you, you know what? I, I, I understand where you're coming from. It's, it's difficult. Mm. I think like the majority of men, the, the absolutely massive, huge majority, 99% of the population, um, Maybe I'm being optimistic, but I, I, I would hope so. 
uh, would never do the sort of stuff that we're talking about to mm-hmm. a woman. I understand the whole, you know, Ed, you know, when a guy tries to help a woman be safe, again, it's coming from a genuine place. They just don't know any better. And the whole like educate the boys, you know, teach teach the boys, stop guys from like guys know that they shouldn't rape women. Right. They like like when it comes to that, I think that when you're talking about education, it's something much deeper. This is just my opinion. It's not as simple as you should look for consent and you shouldn't harass a woman after she says and no means no and stuff like that. Everyone knows that. That's basics. That everyone knows that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if when if you're it, three, you learn that no means no. I mean, I, that, that's what <laughs> I'm when saying. When did we go wrong? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the you know, you you don't stop uh, killers by teaching people not to kill. You know that already. I think it comes down to, uh, and and that's why it's not so easy. You can't just put out a, you know, a, a, a class <laughs> to, to 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 stop sexual abuse and harassment and rape and stuff like that um but it's it's a real cultural shift that needs to be happened and Mm. there's like there needs to be a deeper empathy from men and the relationship between the two genders needs to be a lot more um you know a a, a lot more symbiotic where you're not seeing you versus Mm. them and you know I, i i do i feel like it's so important to spend time around women in a platonic way where you're not only, you know, I saw something recently, um, of a, of a, uh, it was a guy sort of a men's, I mean, sort of a, a men's space sort of thing. And they do end up being a, a lot of the time they end up being quite right, right wing and anti women in general, which is a shame because like I find masculinity as a topic really interesting and really fascinating and something that I'm always trying to learn about to better understand myself. Um, but saying you shouldn't talk to a woman unless they're your sister, mother or wife. And I'm like, this is the craziest shit. Yeah, literally. What? I mean, this is actually stuff what? that this, 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 but this is the culture that women are actually against. So like, what's like, these again? This is, this is someone that I saw and I could not believe it, but this is true that someone who considers himself sort of a, a teacher and educator of men and masculinity and that the, a man shouldn't talk to someone, shouldn't talk to a woman unless he's essentially related or uh, their, their partner. What was his reasoning? I have no, I, I did, I did not even, <laughs> I mean, once you see that, I go, there's no reason that you could tell me here that would make any sense to me. No. But I, but, but it's, if when a man sees, uh, I mean, I could, imagine what the reasoning is if a man sees a woman as purely a um partner a romantic partner or a sexual partner then you are viewing a human being as a absolutely tiny aspect of what that relationship can be and i think mm. that's the problem with a lot of guys is that they do only view women as sexual objects sexual objects or uh, you know humans to have a romantic relationship with mm. and they cannot fathom anything outside of mm. that and i think that's the problem mm. i think like understanding that you can there is so much for you to gain as a man by having women around you by being able to look at you know go with your problems and get a diff- completely different side of the coin or mm. like just kind of have empathy for the other 50 percent of the population so i think it's a really difficult um subject i don't think it's i think the whole 
I get, I get it. I get the whole stop telling women how to be safe, start telling guys not to rape people, but it's not as simple as that. They know not to do it already. It goes much deeper than that, and I don't have an answer for it. No, I think you're right. I think it, I think that's it is a cultural, it's a cultural problem. I mean, it's a patriarchal issue. It's like it's the, it's it is so entrenched, and it will take a long time to shift. Um, and we need to be raising the new generation with better, you know, foundations I, for I this. I do feel like the new generation. My sister's fourteen, yeah. and so I'm, I'm kind of watching the new generation. I don't know how it is for her with her, but she's got loads of friends who are boys. Mm. Um, and in fact, most of her friends are boys. Um, and I, and I, you know, I think I think one of the things that I find really difficult as a woman is like I've I had an experience where I was sort of put in a position where I was treated as a stereotypical woman who was sort of left in the house and the boys went outside. Mm. But it wasn't like, oh, this is where our interests lie. It was like, the boys are going outside. And I was just like, whoa, Mm. I haven't been gendered in, I can't remember the last time. I don't know if that ever was. I wasn't brought up like that. Mm. I was brought up like, I was wrestling my dad. I would always do like things which were like, I remember dad used to be really proud of me. He'd be like, you know, oh, Shanti, help me like lift this thing up. And then I remember this moving man was just really impressed that I could lift this thing. And I was just like, but it was like, that was, but I've I've always had like my cheerleader being like, you can do anything. And the one time it happened to me, it wasn't that long ago. And I was just so gendered. I was like, that's the biggest insult for Mm. me is to be seen as, just a woman in this very stereotypical sense and I do think that it's still so it's everywhere mm. and I do think that a lot Even of at workplace yeah I mean what was you, have you had that well I had some different um <laughs> the the head of head of department when I, when I was I started I started um, in a school in East London um, my teaching career and I got a I, I, I applied for a scholarship in Royal Society of chemistry so I had to you know pass some exams do some interviews to get the scholarship to train and I went back and I said to him I got the scholarship he goes in front of others did you wear a short skirt Mm. (laughs) and I was back then I did not say anything I would have Mm. annihilated him now but now back then I was like no (laughs) I didn't no but I thought the interesting thing I find is that when when you're treated like that you kind of start to fall into it as well. Like it's you start, not a joke. Like, but it's like, it's a... you're probably going to be like, oh no, ha ha, that's a funny <laughs> joke. <Yeah>. But actually, <laughs> it's like, you, you're kind of being put into the, I think this can be said of anyone. It's like, if you start, someone treats you like a child, you're going to probably behave like a child. Mm. Someone treats you like a sexual object, there's a chance you might adhere to that unless mm. you're really strong in who you are. And I think as you, when you're younger, <sighs> you know, you've no idea what's going I got my first job because I, I dressed up. Mm. Like I got a job in a pub and he like my, he looked me up and down and said, yeah, all right. And I was like, okay, great, cool. <laughs> like that's, that, that shouldn't be, you know, I mean, I think that's the, the, our culture is built on that being important. I mean, I always am so surprised at women who, women wearing stilettos to work. Like I, on just a, on, on a level, it's like, that is so uncomfortable and it's not for the, I mean, some women might say it's for them and maybe it is, but I believe that it's just expected. Mm. And you have to sort of you fit, you have to fit what's presented. Absolutely, yeah. we we were discussing we were discussing about the hair, mm. and uh, you know, Afro hair used mm. to be used to be considered completely not. Oh, it wasn't neat, not neat, and not you know. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, 
dressed up enough. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, I've spoken to just girls with curly hair and they straighten their hair to go to work. Mm. Just, but anyway, that I think that's 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 another. I think that's like standards within women's own, mm. like mm. not standards because it's not standard. It's like a, it's a strange concept about tidiness. Yeah, you know, we're talking about stereotypes, and you know, connecting it back to women who fight and women who grapple. Um, do you feel like having obviously anyone who does jujitsu? You don't just do it once a week and it's like a hobby that you go to once a week. When you do jiu-jitsu, it becomes a big part of your life. There are very few people who are able to do it without it becoming a part of their identity. Do, do you, have you found that doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and having that as part of your identity has allowed you to feel like, I have broken out of the regular stereotype of a woman. Like I'm doing something that a guy will not regularly expect me to be able to do and mm-hmm. I'm doing it three or four or five or six times mm-hmm. a week. I think I think so, but it's less about the martial art and it's more about having being seen as an equal mm. on the mat and having guys at the end of the role being like, that was fucking fantastic. I loved it. And you're like, yes. And it's like, it's a physical thing. It's the epitome of the difference between the sexes, your physicality. Yeah. You know, men have, that, what, 30% more muscle mass than women, just, you know, if you weigh the same. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, it's being in a room full of guys and being able to hold my own. And that's just by being around a lot of men, um, and getting strong. There's something very powerful about, and it's, it's, everyone should get strong, but women stereotypically aren't, you know, they, they're not, they're not encouraged to do exercise and they're allowed, like they're not, it's not part, it's not, um, part of, I mean, guys sort of, you should go and do lots of exercise, you play football, that has its own issues because no person should feel like they have to do anything. But women have the opposite where it's like girls go and chat in the cafe or something. And I was never a person. He was very good at that. Mm. Um, So finding a sport, which was like physical and really challenged my, you know, my strength and got me into weight training, which I never would have seen myself do. I think that that is for me, that's the diff. That's the, what it's done. Well, yeah. And, and, what you said was perfect and um, being being able to, like being respected in in the in the gym from you know in, in, the, in the place that you go every day from mm. from men that are same boat as you lower than you it's 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 it's, it's amazing mm. i mean you you do have the comments that you're very strong for a woman oh, yeah. <laughs> you're very strong <laughs> but yeah it's it's done a lot but i think it's like being around guys who see you for for a person yeah and it's like i've got lots of guy friends who see me for who i am as a person but every day i encounter guys who don't and mm. i think that being in a room full of guys who will see you they see you is so and also there's nothing nourishing. sexual no that's that, that's what's the, the best the be- i mean we say that i'm gonna caveat it in a moment <laughs> but there's nothing sexual about jujitsu i remember a friend of mine came to watch and she was like marina that is too close. Mm. <laughs> that is, oh my God, Marina, what are you doing? And and uh, there's nothing sexual. Like you have the odd people that trying to hate mm. on, on the new girls that mm. come. I've seen that, mm-hmm. uh, but generally, it's not is mm. not not sexualized sport. And that's why I I don't like when when I see female athletes and they're sexualized in the comment mm. sections. Mm. You're like, I mean, Fion. She was showing a technique and someone said something about how, you know, her ass. And mm. I'm like, 
how yeah how? why because it's yeah it's that it's that, that that degrading and it just takes it down you're like oh no mm. don't take it there because i think that's the thing that's always for a woman for women is like being sexualized is just some people you know do really well out of it like you know there are loads of women who make loads of money being sexual objects and in a way they're playing the game and kind of good on them like you know that's what culture expects of them as long as they're doing it in a way that is not sort of morally horrible. Do you know what I mean? As long as they're looking after the mental health, because I don't believe that being a sexual object, I think that's a hard thing to do and not, you know, have other issues. I don't know. Well, well, you know, talking about that, that it, it, it's a controversial topic and I know it is amongst women as well, mm. which is a lot, you know, women have the ability, like women in general, especially if they're athletic and they're in good shape, uh, are going to be sexualized by men. That's just part of human nature, unfortunately. And it's seen as a negative. But then some women will go, well, look, this is going to happen to me anyway. Better make some money out of it. And these days, with you know, you can have OnlyFans or stuff mm. like that where you can really make some proper money out of it. And a lot of fighters are, are, are turning to that and making more, like 10 times more money than they ever mm. did from fighting. Mm. But, it, and I, you know, even before the, this, this, this time of OnlyFans and being able to sort of monetize it so di- directly, there's this controversial topic about sexualizing women BJJ athletes, you know, women BJ athlete, BJ athlete, BJJ athletes using their sexuality in advertising or to gain a following and stuff like that. You know, is it is it a bad thing? Well, well, you need to we need to go yes, back for the long step. game. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. to go one, back one thinking. step and realize why does this BJJ athlete feel the need to do adverti- sexy advertisements is is it that the pay the, the pay is not is not the same as their their male counterparts is it that you know there's not enough there's not not much platform for her to you know mm. is there not exposure for her mm. so you need to th- see this 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 angle you, you, we do understand that there's there's pay gap right mm. we do understand we've talked to uh, tiffany mm. a very 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 successful athlete and she said that I've been fighting for how kickboxing. many years? Kickboxer. I've been uh, fighting for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go and have a naked photo, shot, photo yeah. shoot, I will, I will have way more attention mm. than all of the titles that I have. But she says that, that fundamentally, I'm not going like, to do it because that puts the pressure on the new athletes that are yeah. coming, the new wave mm-hmm. that sees that, oh, this is the way that mm. I'm going to get there. Mm. So it's not a right or wrong thing. It's, I mean, what do you think? I think I think I like I for any woman who does it. I think that there's I do, I, do, I have no judgment for that mm. because you, you know if you're an athlete you need to earn a living mm-hmm. you know and it's, being an athlete and earning a living is hard like you know um, but again it's not the long game. It's got you know if no one did it then it wouldn't be a problem. But it's I think the new people coming up, see it's working, see it's happening. That's, it's like role models again. It's like, oh, they're doing it and they're really successful. I better crack on and, you know, get them a bikini. And I think it's a shame because I think what Tiffany was saying as well is that it undervalues your, your, your worth and your technical ability as a fighter. It's like, well, why are you following me? Because, because I've got my boobs out or is it because I just had a massive amazing fight and I knocked this girl out yeah. and it, it takes away from what your your passion is and what you're actually doing um, but it's very difficult I think it's again it's very nuanced because in this world it's it's it, it works it's 
how you can earn some money. So it's for short term. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is a difficult topic because it's like part of you doesn't want to see, like you said, obviously it's a fancy world that's never going to happen, but like part of you doesn't want to see any athlete... Uh, having to have it like but mm. but i mean i feel like maybe some of them just want to but you don't mm. want to see it because it detracts from their skill mm. but then at the same time you feel like anyone should be able to do whatever they want to do if they want to mm. make they want to mm. make a hundred grand a month for the only fans yeah. then they should be able to yeah. i just kind of you know when you're talking about the like a comment about fion's ass in a video of her teaching an arm bar you go look, look guys mm. just if they're in a picture if, if, if they've got their ass out on purpose to look sexy Say they have a nice ass there, yeah. and if they're showing a jujitsu technique, don't do it there. Yeah. Like, Context, like, exactly. <laughs> like if someone is quite obviously kind of leveraging their sexuality, then say all your crude comments there. And if someone's trying to be taken serious and being treated, like, you know, just mm. don't. You know, that, that's mm. kind of what I'm thinking. And, mm. But it is a it is a tricky subject. It's very tricky. What's yeah. your point of view? In that is my point of view. Look, I I think. Like, I, I don't want to tell anyone what they should and should shouldn't, shouldn't do. No. I mean, if um, I feel like it's a, it, it's sort of almost irrelevant because it's purely hypothetical. You'll never have someone, you'll, you'll have some women really like the attention and maybe that's, you know, something that's, uh, that's a problem with their self-esteem or it's a problem with the culture that we grow up where like they're going to be valued most for how they look physically. Uh, so it's sort of almost completely hypothetical that a woman wouldn't leverage their, um, their, their, their physical appearance if they were able to do so but i think um and it should be up to them if they want to mm. but i think like when they're trying to be taken seriously they should be yeah not. that's yeah. the problem it under it can undervalue under undermine that's mm. the word i've been trying to mm. think of uh anyway i know we we kind of went off track but i feel like there was a bit more for us to talk about i, I mean bringing the mood straight back down <laughs> after talking about Simone fans uh which is back to the uh the sort of the safeguarding issue that there is yeah. in jiu-jitsu and you yeah. know it is like a, a topic that we kind of spoke about and moved off of mm. um but I kind of wanted to get some because obviously this is something I know that you girls were really on the forefront of the recent you know jiu-jitsu is me too uh and, and and kind of exposing it and then trying to get that conversation going about what can be done about mm -hmm. it you know it, it's pointless to just expose something without actually looking at practical ways that stuff can be done mm -hmm. what should gyms be doing um obviously we're talking about that th this issue of a woman being able to if she feels uncomfortable go into someone whether that's and you know i was thinking about it when all of this was happening is it that a gym needs to have a line of communication where it's going to be taken seriously or is it an even case where there needs to be a third, there needs to be an outside organization that... That's what we were saying yeah. because sometimes it's, it's, it's the leadership. Mm. So how yeah. do you... Who do you go to? Who do you go to? Yeah. If it's the boss, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think a third party... I mean, again, when... I, I don't know if I'm qualified to say talk like to sort of give advice, but you know it feels it feels like a third party because they don't have an opinion. Like mm. you know they can be completely outside, and they won't come in and be like, oh, but it's my mate John. They'll be like, oh, you're you know let's let's deal with this from a subjective point of view where I can actually make make a judgment which isn't biased. In a in a company. All right. If if you look at the structure of a company, if if you have an HR, you've mm. got an HR. Mm. You've got someone that deals with these mm. um, allegations. There should be something similar in mm. in jujitsu, and and more so because it, it involves so much, you know, physical um, mm. exchanges. Mm. And 
I mean, the, the opportunity for abuse is there. Exactly. Because, um, you know, obviously there's the issue of there being a hierarchy that sometimes is a little bit too, taken a little bit too seriously where, mm-hmm. you know, black belts are worshipped as, you know, leaders in mm. a, almost in a cult-like way. Uh, there's physical contact where if someone wants to, you know, it could be very subtle, the line between grappling with someone and perhaps doing something that, that passes the line could be, you know, very, mm. very subtle and very, mm. very hard to judge or very hard to see. Mm. Um, it's tough. And, and it, there's definitely opportunity there for it to happen. So, you, you know, with, with, I'm thinking with this, is it something like the UK BGA needs to, because you're also thinking, let's say there's a organization, let's say, for example, for hypothetical sense, that you as women who fight have a, um, a are as a resource where a woman can um, put in a, a complaint or can put in a, some sort of start a process where you're going to look into it. But then you have no jurisdiction over, mm. you know, X and Y gym. You can do, what's it called when you when basically make everyone aware and then people make their own decision. So, like, I think we were talking to someone about the Jackson Souza thing, and he said, well, no one's going to... Um, it's an alleged offence. He's got some alleged offences. No one's going to take it to court because, I mean, we were talking about how horribly difficult it is, yeah. like, to go through that process. And there are a myriad of reasons why a woman would not want to go through that, and I totally respect that. And, you know, I don't know if I would in the same position. Um, but it's like it, it, it's like the... It's the community core. It's what's it called? It's like when everyone, you make, make people aware and then it's like, it just becomes knowledge that this person is not to be trusted. Mm. And I just don't know but if that's there, ideal. You know, but there, there is some danger there. You know, mm. there is the danger of being judged by the, in, in the court of public opinion. That's the one. Um, I, I mean, you know, not to get, I'm not going to go into details about the uh, case specifically, but I'm sure you ladies are aware of a alleged accusation mm. that there was a back and forth the mm. uk bga did get involved mm-hmm. and it was sort of it kind of from what i saw following the back and forth it's gone quite quiet now that actually maybe it was a false allegation you know just really nuanced and mm. he he the, the individual involved was judged in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. and i think in the the unique thing about the jackson Souza case is how meant like the volume yeah, the you know, like, like be, be, because of his access to, because of his um, his position in the mm. community, because of his rank, because of who he was, mm-hmm. he was able to have access through seminars, through affiliates, mm-hmm. to multiple different gyms around the country. He mm-hmm. was teaching in London. You know, he'd message people to come and train. He had his own gym. He was able to basically. Uh, affect so many people that you could pretty much rely on the court of public opinion because this was you know a 20 girls gonna lie about this it's very unlikely but then if you have something like i feel like you can't rely on the court of public opinion to demonize Mm. someone because there's a huge possibility of abuse where Mm. you know for whatever reason and i know that I know that th- this is an argument that, use, that is used by guys all the time, which is, well, you know, maybe they're lying. And I do understand that false accusations of this type are very rare, but it, there's still a possibility and they do yeah. happen. Yeah. So it, it, it's an awkward situation where I feel like an organization, obviously we don't have, well, we do have a governing body, but not every jiu-jitsu, not every gym has to be uh, uh, associated with the UK BJJ, and if they're not, the UK BJJA cannot do anything exactly. about it. Uh, exactly, you know. So you're like, it's wild west. Well, that's the pro- that's possibly the problem that you know. May- maybe it's that 
there needs to be a third party organization that is not you don't pay to be a member of but kind of you opt in to yeah. be a part of this and then a woman knows that this safe. gym is yeah. at the very least this gym is being supported you know that they, they yeah. have that connection with this other organization I've, i don't know no i think that i was because i was just listening to you i was just thinking that it's instead of instead of it being like these ones are bad or that let's demonize this person on these grounds it's like no let's point out who's trustworthy who is good who has safeguarding policies these places are places where you can you can trust that you'll be looked after and we we endorse them yeah we give we give you that and if there's any problems you come to us and we will then deal with it exactly i think that makes the most sense because mm-hmm. i do think otherwise it just becomes like exactly a, you know you're just chasing yeah and the best the smoke. best the best way for for gyms like moving forward is to have very clear procedures in place mm. And then, you know, I think it, I think stuff like it's like little things that instructors can do, like saying, you know, to when when a new female uh, female student arrives, you know, be like, if there's ever any problem, mm. please know that, you know, if it's a sexual, you know, something does something sexual, which is really not, not invited, not consensual. Or if someone says something re- that, that makes you really uncomfortable, please come and tell me and making it very clear that you are there to listen, because I think a lot of people might say, Oh, of course they can come and talk to me. That's totally fine. Yeah, of course my my door's always open. But I think I'd like to be told that. Yeah. You know, I'd like someone to say, you can come and tell me. And obviously, you know... But also, what, it could, it, I mean, the, the problem there is that what if is your best mate? Yeah. I mean, what if it's the instructor that's... Got, I mean... Exactly. You know, yeah. So Absolutely. it needs to be... But no, no, I, I do agree that I think it's important for... I think it's important for an instructor to, to really... Obviously, if the instructor is a piece of shit who would do something really bad, then Probably what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, if they're not, then they really need to go out of their way to make the, the all the women there. And I think that is, that's that's something, you know, I I don't own a gym currently. I'm working on it. Uh, and I've taught at a gym before. And, you know, over the past year um, and a little bit longer and kind of, with all of this stuff that's gone down, it really made me think about like what I didn't do, what I wish I did do, you know, where someone came to me and complained about something. And I, you know, I really should have like, instead of going, okay, well, if it happens again or if it gets worse, then Mm. tell me about it. And, you know, that's not because I was protecting them. That wasn't because they were like my mate. That was Mm. just going back to that whole thing of, you know, it's a bit awkward sometimes to kind of go, you know, well, you know, maybe watch where you're putting your hands when you're doing this and Mm. stuff like that. Mm. Um, But actually, you know, being able to, when someone joins, say, look, this is the procedure. You can send me an email if you want on this email address, or you can come or you can write something. You can say it anonymously if you want to. You can say, you can put it with your name and like something will be done about it. Like there will be a resolution, Mm. uh, whether you're happy with that resolution, that's another thing that can go through. But like, Mm. I I feel like a woman would, I'm guessing that women would feel a lot safer. If there's um, procedures. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And they feel like, like it's something that the instructors already thought about. Yeah. And they're feeling like, yeah, that like their interests are being, they're, they're physically being looked after. You know, their their, their well being is being considered in a space where they're the only girl. I mean, you know, being a minority in any situation could be really daunting. I mean, you know, guys coming in when there's just girls, it's like, what? You know, it, it's it's it is a thing. But um, I think that that for me, having an instructor who does that. But I also would, I also think that having an outside body because yeah. an instructor, as you say, might say that. 
but then be like, not actually do anything because it's their mate. And they're like, oh, you know, I've they're great. For so many I've years. always, we've always gotten on so well. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Maybe she made it up. But having a third party and then, you know, so you tell your instructor and you tell the third party, which will then follow it up. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's like, it's taking off the onus off of you where you, where you are definitely, if you're the victim, you are not, you can't be gaslit. Yeah. You can't be ignored. And, you know, then if this third party is like, well, they're not really doing anything. These are what we suggest. One of them might be leave the gym. One of, I don't know what else yeah. actually they could suggest, but do you know what I mean? Like giving, I think having very clear um, instructions. And there's this great um, uh, trauma informed coaching that we've spoken to off the zone who've recently put up some fantastic resources about um, what to do basically if you have you feel there's sexual assault mm. and i think that's it is so much about sharing what's available if i if i if i something like that happened to me the only reason i know what to do is because we run the women who fight mm. and because of the research and i think a lot of women w- wouldn't know where to go just just a quick one just because you said about um you t- t- talked about off the zone they did we reposted this. Mm. They did say, please send links of, of your country. So they, they, they're they asking now um, for people to, you know, to share, share um, resources for the, with them mm. so that they, they have their, a global um, database, a directory. Mm. Mm. So that's important that's to mention. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that that's, uh, it does seem like that's the best way to go, isn't it? With some mm. side. I mean, third party is yeah. crucial mm. so that they don't know these people because the community, if you go in deep, deeper into who's, mm. who are the founders mm. who started mm. Jiu-Jitsu, they, they have really strong links. Mm. So if, if, God forbid, someone talked about them, yeah. where, would you, where would you be in that? I mean, I mean like a, a great example is the... Um, I, I don't want to talk about this too much longer. We've got this something slightly more positive, but it's an important... <laughs> I, I think it's an important thing no, 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 to talk important, about. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the fight sports stuff mm. and, um, you know, Marcella, funnily enough... I mean, unfortunately, I seem to have had connections with uh, <laughs> most of the bad people, but I trained with Marcelo mm. um, uh, a few years back. My grandparents live out in Naples, which is where he had his gym. And um, it was the closest gym. It was a fight, fight sports gym. It's a good gym. Um, and I went and trained there, and I trained with him. And again, super cool guy. <laughs> super cool guy to me. Yeah. Obviously, a piece of shit. Um, and, you, you, know, you know, most worryingly, was probably around the same time that it was happening the whole time. So you really do never know. Obviously, when that came out, I I saw his mugshot probably six months later. I was like, what the fuck? I was training with this guy six months ago. Not a clue in the world. Uh, And, uh, you know, I didn't didn't have anything. I didn't know him personally before that. I just went to train and he Mm -hmm. was the black belt there and -hmm. and that's who I trained with. And then I saw his mugshot and then obviously saw the story and then um, the the young lady that that, that it happened to came out, I believe, again, she kind of brought the story back up and actually gave her full, you mm. know, which is like a really horrific mm. and a great example mm. of what can happen um, when someone's really trusted, like you can, th- those connections you can make. But he was, he was protected by the, you know, he, he was deep in the, the fight sport community and he was protected by guys who are very, very highly regarded, very, very highly respected in the community. Um, and I know that a lot of people, um, kind of some some uh morally good people have left their gym that was connected with fight sports because of the way that it was handled where he was kind of naughty boy almost like a little bit like a, a the sort of the catholic church sort of situation 
I mean, don't want to get too, <laughs> too, too, but like the same sort of situation where, okay, we'll take him out the gym and, you know, maybe he, he does this here and it almost feels a little bit like that where it's just, it's very, very, um, it's very, very close knit yeah. and you sort of deal with the problem on the surface and then kind of Hide and it. wait until yeah. it's gone down and yeah. it's uh, for, forgotten. And that's like a bad situation. That's not even like, oh, something small, like something bad happened. And then this, that was, that was his sort of punishment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, super bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one thing that we need to also discuss, not nice, but it yeah, has yeah. to be said, um, you know, in, in gyms, there are little children, yes. right? Kids, underage kids. Now, I'm a, I'm a teacher. To be able to work in a school, mm. I need to be doing my DBS check every, um, every year, all right? It needs, it needs to be renewed. How much of these is you know, it's completed by uh, instructors in the gym. Mm. You're teaching children. And you're touching. Mm. I'm not touching anyone in my, yeah. in my workplace. Yeah, like jujitsu, the, the closeness of jujitsu and, and mm. the necessity, like it's impossible to teach jujitsu without that closeness. Mm-hmm. It's something that, like you said, as a teacher who is trained to be a oh, teacher, who's done all of the checks, you are not allowed to put any physical contact. At all. Whereas, uh, you know, and, 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 and I think you're absolutely right. It's a good question to ask. Uh, or to share make the sure. same toilet. Yeah. And 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 oh, and se- the share the same uh, changing rooms. Mm. I would I would never share a same yeah. toilet as my as a student. Yeah. Ever. That's like a no no. Introduce gyms. Mm. It's out of of curt like when you share the same. Yeah. Changing rooms and bathrooms. I, I mean I mean thankfully I have not heard of any examples of, of what could go wrong there going wrong. Mm. Um certainly off the top of my head. But you're absolutely right, you know, it's it's another issue that you would hate to be talking about it for the first mm. time because something mm. has happened. These 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 protections need to be in place beforehand. I think they do and DBS isn't hard to do. Like it's actually quite a, a, a. It has to be a must in any gym. I think that mm. should actually because that's that's not um, that's not a structural change that doesn't require a third party. That requires nothing. That requires you applying. And I I had to have a DBS for a bit when I, cause I, when I taught kids and it was so easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. Mm. I remember you telling me that you were like tapping the children like when they went out to say on the shoulder and being like off you go off you go and then you were told off. Yeah. Wow. The they're so strict. It's like you can't can't touch them yeah but that's the difference between you know a very very structured approach through the school system and a really and i think that's part of the problem that that is why there's so much scope for abuse in jiu-jitsu because it's so laid back Mm. it's so informal there's no regulations there's no rules and it's good you know it, it, it it always it is a lot of grooming. It's stay behind after class. I'll show you a few more techniques. I'll come in mm. early or, you know, come over and watch the fight. You know, yeah. that's the sort of stuff that you hear with these, with a lot of these cases, yeah. um, which it all start. It, it, oh, I'm the special student. And, you know. Yeah. 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 Scary stuff. It's really scary. Anyway, <laughs> we've, we've covered the important part. <laughs> let's talk some more. Yeah, let's, let's lighten it up, uh, please. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, okay, women, you know, something that I said that I wanted to get back onto and talking about is getting more women into jujitsu. You know, what is the stuff? So a few people asked me this question. What do gyms need to do, you know, apart from the safeguarding stuff to make a woman feel safe, uh, but also just to get them into the sport, to get them enjoying it, to make them feel comfortable. The sort of, you know, you're never going to get the 
the environment. You're never going to get the vibe that you girls manage to create in these women open mats. You're just never going to be able to get it in a mixed gym. But how can you get women? What is the you know the closest that a mixed gym environment can get to? What are the sort of things that they need to be doing? Two things that I immediately think of are women's classes, which we talked about before, and having a female role model. Explain why women's classes. For the people that are like, why do we need women's classes? I started, I, well, I started twice. I started in Brighton for six months and I started again at Carlson's uh, when I moved back to London. Um, and I started in a women's class with a female black belt teacher. And I felt so... It's very, I mean, if I, if I, I remember the first few times I rolled with a guy, I was like, ah, like, and I felt probably guys are the same when they first roll with a girl. They'll be like, oh God, I don't want to put my hand on the wrong place. You yeah. know, I've, you know, definitely cupped a few balls in my time. <laughs> when you're like, oh, shit, sorry. I'm cut, that's the sound yeah. bite. <laughs> also, if you, if, if anyone who's listening does anything, any like, anything like that, cup, cup something you just that have you should to say just sorry. say, oops. <laughs> So yeah. just say it straight away. Whoops. That's all right. You have to so say it sorry. like that though. Make it obvious. It's like the school. If you by yeah. accident ch- touch like a kid, you're like, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. I'm really sorry. Exactly the same. Make as it clear. Okay. Um, and it's also the same if a guy, you know, t- sort of puts his hand on a girl's boob. If you just say, oh my God, I'm sorry. Yeah. I won't even blink. To- I won't, I don't care. But if a guy puts it there and then doesn't acknowledge it, I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Probably was an accident. Most likely it was. But, but you're thinking it about helps. it. It makes sense. Yeah. It helps. It helps. Um, what was I talking about? The uh, women's class. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for me, starting in a women's class and just not having to think about that, mm. getting some techniques down and feeling safe again because there's a black belt and a black belt woman and being like, oh, you're, you're black belt. Or, oh, that's that. That could be my projection. Um, and meeting other women in that environment there's something about rolling with someone that i'm sure everyone has which breaks down so many barriers yeah. mm-hmm. it is beautiful mm-hmm. i love it and rolling with women and then laughing and then crying or maybe um and just having this experience with all this group of women who were all in really involved in the same thing immediately creates a sense of community it did for me where you'd come in and when i started going to the mixed classes which was quite quickly I'd be like, oh, you, hey, yeah, I know you. Mm. Can we do this together? Okay, great. And then later on you talk about it and you're going, oh, I rolled with this guy and it was really great. Oh, this thing happened. It immediately creates a community for women where they can support each other in a male-dominated environment. And I don't feel like I need that anymore. And I didn't, I don't need it. I'd be quite nice. We don't have a women's class where I train. But I don't need it. But I really felt like that for me was a huge boon when Mm. I started okay one one question on that interesting follow-up question uh genuinely curious the obviously the 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 ideal situation is you have a high level a brown or a black belt woman teaching your women's only class Mm -hmm. now let's say there are no women Mm -hmm. instructors there is no i mean the resources just aren't there Mm -hmm. uh a male teaching a women's only class yes or no yes i think there's nothing if there's nothing else yes But I think it's creating a space where you're training with women, which is for women. But I also wonder, you know, if you, if if, ideally, you know, maybe you could outsource Mm. and maybe go to another gym where there's a female, even a purple belt or even a blue belt for beginners. Like it's, it's about getting girls coming in as white belts. And then when they, when they're six months in, they can easily transition to mixed classes and feel like they know more. And then they go up together, you know, they all get better together. Mm. Um, I would, if, if, if you, if, and if you can't outsource, then it has to be a guy, but it has to be, 
the right kind of guy who is like, who really pushes it. I think anyone leading any new class, whether it's kids or women's, you know, a class which is not the normal mixed class, you need to really put in a lot of effort you know, you have to commit a lot of time. So it also has to be someone and who really wants... And be enthusiastic about yeah, it. Yeah, and they really want this to happen and they have to put it on even when there's only two girls. Because sometimes there are two girls or mm. one girl and mm. then you have to be like, right, okay, let's still make this really great so that you'll come back. Because I often as well, you know, I, I think it's fairly common if you're like a brown belt girl and you've got a competition coming up, it's not very likely you're going to go to the women's only class when there's five white belt girls training. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, as long as that space is always available... I think it will grow. And I think sometimes it goes through, obviously, everything. Phases. There's phases where people go and people then don't because work comes up, life happens. Um, but as long as it's always there as well. Yeah. Fight Zone, has started, <laughs> Fight Zone has started a women's team very recently and they, they are smashing it. Mm. I don't know what is going on. They are They've smashing got some it. Really their girls are smashing girls. it. It's amazing. Mm. And, and I, I, I expect that their women's classes are going to become even like mm. more packed mm. because the, the, you see, you know, you see the, the role models there. You see what, mm. what you want to achieve and you want to go. Mm. I mean, women's classes, are, think of it as the, the, the people that you're, you're on the same journey and you, wanna, you don't want to know how to do stuff. Mm. When I started, I was like, do I keep my belly piercing? Mm. I asked someone in the in the gym in the like in the women's classes, do I keep it on? Or do you remember mm. Sarah? Like mm. she was she was she made sure that we are all aware of, you know, is this technique not gonna work? Try it, go hard. Mm. Mm. It wasn't a it wasn't a gentle class. Do you remember? Yeah. That? And I remember rolling with her and just being like, Holy shit. <laughs> like being absolutely annihilated mm. and feeling how strong she was. Because obviously if you're rolling with a guy, you're like, Oh, but he's a guy. He's, he's got more muscle mass anyway, blah, blah, blah. But rolling with her, I was like, oh, no, she's, I, she's, she's a amazing. tank. Yeah. And I could be a tank too, yeah. you know? I think, I think what it seems from my experience is that, and kind of what you're, what you're also kind of alluding to here, is the momentum with the women and what you're talking about with Fight Zone is because they have the, this, this, this uh, high-level comp team not just a women's team mm. but like women who are smashing it internationally mm-hmm. and, and and killing it that that's going to attract even more mm. women mm. and i guess the issue is getting that ball rolling you know like i said i mean i i put something out um uh years ago and it was really interesting and then this huge fr- uh, thread on facebook and i just asked look where on facebook it was, I think it was just on my page. Oh, it wasn't okay. on underground or anything That's like that. It was just on mine. And I said, uh, it was, um, I mean, I, so basically at Mill Hill, I ran the no-gi. So mm-hmm. I had my own no-gi program and people could join the gi, the no-gi, or they could do both. And I had zero women, zero in my no-gi program. I probably had. Did you go with the onesies? <laughs> I mean, it, singlet, sorry, it was Singlet Thursdays. Oh, was it? It was actually, it was actually Singlet Lumberjack Thursdays. Lumberjack Fridays. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't exist at the time. Wondering, right? Are you still wondering why women didn't go? Do you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Right. I'm going I'm, I'm to give you some education. Okay. Uh, uh, my singlets, <laughs> women love them. I know, I know. I love them They too. love them I because love them apparently um, one, of, one of my old kind of students a friend of mine uh joe uh she has bought so many of my singlets and she said it is the best thing for women to wear oh. under their gi because 
it keeps everything in. You're not worried about tops rising up, up, falling down. Mm. So mm. don't knock the oh, singlet. No, 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 no. Don't I, knock I, the singlet. Uh, so, but <laughs> I guess that wasn't the point. Uh, I had I had no women training with me for about a year, maybe even longer, about a year and a half. And I put this thing out. I'm like, because the the gi classes had women, women training in them. Not not a huge amount, but they had three, four, five, six women members. And uh, I put this thing out like, is it an, a gear no gi thing? And there were some really interesting answers, which is like, maybe like some women were saying that they're a bit more intimidated because uh, obviously um, the gi, gi, like a kimono is one of the least flattering uh, body forming pieces of clothing that you can wear. When you see a load of people wearing a gi, everyone kind of looks the same. Mm. But when everyone's in like tight rash guards and shorts, mm. the guys can look really big and mm. it's like really sweaty and the, maybe women don't like that or they're conscious mm. about wearing super tight stuff. Mm. There was like some really, I wish I saved that. I can go back and have a look, but there were some really interesting answers. And then uh, Abby started training with me and she was the only woman for probably about a year mm. um, and fair play to her because that is tough. And then there was two and then there was three. And then as soon as there was more than a couple per class, suddenly by the time I left, there was like 10 or 11 women who were training with me. And um, it just like the way that the momentum built was so rapid. It was just such an interesting thing where it seems that as long as you get that, those first couple, they're going to be the difficult ones to get. Uh, but once you've got a few, it's just yeah. going to continue the build. And consistent. Mm. girls who will come every single week mm. and be regular to the same, cl- same classes so that as, or similar classes so, so for a girl coming they can go oh you train on Thursdays and Saturdays and mm. Mondays great I will be there too yeah. and I think it, but I, I think it's the consistency but, but you're you know saying that it's about that picking up that momentum yeah. and already having women on the mat but then that goes back to the women only classes. Like that's how you get them in, in the first place. Because yeah. if they're coming into the mixed class to begin with, then you need that mm. one person who's going to train for six months mm. as the only woman on the mat. Whereas if you have women's only classes, that's going to, what's going to get them in. Makes what sense. I have seen through my years of training is that the, like you remember, we always had a group chat. Yeah. We always had a web, web uh, WhatsApp group where people say, are you, are you attending mm. this class? Is anyone are you going? Tonight? Is anyone training mm. so that you know if, you know, you have some rounds yeah. in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normal rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and also I think it's, it's that the importance, the reason why fighting women is so important, it's not just feeling like you're not the only girl training there and it's seeing what works. Mm. I mean, we talked about this a bit earlier, but it's going, oh, this Kimura, actually, I can put it on. Mm. His arm is just, you know, way bigger or stronger or you know and going oh, okay so then you adjust you learn with the girls you know you can go oh this works this doesn't work and then you take it to the mixed class mm. and then you've adjusted things and you're like ah, oh, now it works against someone bigger but i remember listening i think it was ashley williams give it like giving some advice and he said a really good way to train is like train with people who are better train people who are the same and train with people who are lower like you shouldn't just just train with people who are better than you because you know, don't get to try anything out like it's very hard to I mean you know I'm sure you've got a lot of lot to say about this but it's like that and that really stayed with me because I think as a girl it's harder to find people who aren't as good as you yeah. because if they're not as good as you then they're gonna be a lot they're probably a lot stronger yeah I, I mean you're absolutely right I actually I'll take that um advice even further I think the majority of your training should be against people that you're better than. Mm. And um, this is just how my training's been just because of where I've been training and because I've been home for a long time. Um, but I think Danaher or one of those lot came out at one point. They said, I think they said 70% of your training should be people that you're smashing. Mm. 
Wow. And I 100% believe that. And you're right. When, when, you, when, you, uh, you, when you look at women grappling through that filter, you go, man, that's tough. Because even a really good female grappler on a regular mat will not have a huge number of people that they can smash. Mm. You have to be, if you're 60 kilos and a woman, you have to be an absolute savage to be able to take out some of these guys because you're going to be 10 times more skillful than them, but they're going to be able to hold you off with strength and explosiveness Mm. and Mm. stuff like that. Um, So it is tough. But then it's why you see when women do break through that and they're at a position where they can beat up a lot of people, you see their game kind of just taken to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That makes so so much sense. I mean, um, the sports psychologist we spoke to, she said, um, you could create jobs in your gym for women Mm. so that they are... You know, they're included and they're there and they have a say for your company, as in company, for your gym. So when you mean jobs, you mean like uh, reception or... Could be reception, could be, it could be to help with, you know, running the gym with decisions. Mm. Have another eye, Mm. have a female eye. Yeah. That could be good. I mean, you're assuming that this gym would have to have a level of organization (laughs) where they actually have roles in the gym, which isn't, which isn't many jujitsu gyms, but yeah, I think, I think it is important. You know, I, I I spoke to um, one of my old students actually, and I was talking about, you know, this, this gym that I'm trying to get. And I said, when I get it, you can come in and you can um, design the female change room, however you want, Mm. just like whatever you want, whatever you want to put in there, however you want it to look, because like, how the hell am I going to be able to know what a space for women looks like, like a good space for women. And I think, you know, that, that, that's another one that I saw um really important points because I, obviously I've, I've, I've you know I've, i'm lucky in doing seminars i visit i think that you i'm I'm relatively confident in saying that i have been to more jiu-jitsu gyms in the country than anyone else oh my god i i, I genuinely believe that have you been to chelsea's <laughs> gym escapology uh, i haven't no you uh, haven't oh my god that All is right. a gym BCC. Yeah. by a woman oh, there you go there run you go. by women woman and and Chris, she's got a um, she's Cypriot. Chris is helping her run it, and they've they've made this decision to go all white, yeah, including the geese, yeah. I mean that that's uh, but that's like a art of um, art of of jiu jitsu. That's like the whole thing. They did. She says she did it because she wanted it to be really clean and to be very obviously this is a clean space. Yeah, I mean cleanliness is a a hugely important one, Mm. hugely important just running a business in general, Mm. but especially for attracting women and 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 also if you want to have women, yeah, have a decent changing room and area have a, sh- a decent shower decent shower it's not like, like oh this this little two by one yeah. little is for you because you're <laughs> you're not very many have a two by one yeah you know yeah. that's that's and it. you know it's it is it's small touches that sort of like if i go into a space and there's tampons and there's tampons yeah oh my god like by the toilet and there's a bin by the toilet and there's also like you know like a like not, not even like a mirror but there's hair bands yeah oh my god it's like he, these tiny little things which are just like for, for like you know there are th- these things that guys don't have to bring in mm-hmm. um that are super important which women, yeah. which make a huge difference and in, in like you know there's um you know i like for example like, if you forget a tampon you know someone might be like oh why don't you remember it? it's like oh i forgot yeah there's just times when you do 
and that's that go that goes back to what I was saying about having a woman to help you run. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Because you wouldn't know what tampons in hair vans. I mean, I already uh, that was already part of the plan, but that's because <laughs> I kind of asked enough women what they want in a gym. But then maybe that's also it. If you if you know if a, if a guy like, you know you're gonna design it, you just have to get feedback. And I think any mm. woman who trains regularly and has been for, will tell you the same thing. Mm. They'll give you like a list, and it will be a very sim- all of them will give a similar list. What we do in school? What do you want to talk? Yeah, no, go on. <laughs> what, we do, what we do in schools is we, we have inspiring people on the walls. You can have someone like Fion on your wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's where you're going to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, 100% is is kind of making that environment feel like, you know, feminine. Like women feel like they're being... It's made for them. Yeah, exactly. It's been made yeah. for them. But what I was going to say with like the whole... Uh, like I've, I've probably visited more gyms than, 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 than... I'm confident in saying... I mean, I've done probably 200 seminars in the UK. I've been to a lot of different gyms and a, a, a crazy number of them have no changing rooms. Abs- right. atrocious. I mean, no, they don't atrocious. have a changing room. And, but this is something that um, obviously guys don't get, like they get changed on the mat. Right? <laughs> this, this is a common thing. This is a super common thing. Uh, and whenever I go to a gym, I'll say, Where's the changing room? They go, no, we just get changed on the mat. And, 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 and you know, for you girls, you're training at Carson Gracie or people training in big gyms where you have a lot of space. This is something that you would, you would not even consider that there wouldn't be a women's changing room, let alone no changing rooms mm. where they're just changing on the mat. Mm. And then obviously the women, the women are not going to change on the mat normally. They're going to go to the toilet and mm. change in the toilet or something like that. But I feel, so it was those two points, which is one, having a women's changing room. Mm. Some gyms have a changing room, but it's not, but they don't have a women's changing room. Or not having a change room at all where you have the guys coming in and even if the women aren't having to get changed on the mat because they can go to the they toilet. Outside. Well, or, well, they're, they're, they're just there and guys yeah. are getting yeah. changed on the mat. That's Happens true. a lot. That's like, yeah, that's that is true. Bad. The first place I ever trained at, they, they, they didn't have a women's changing room and I still had to go to the disabled loo. Yeah. And it was no. always really annoying because it would just be like, across the way and then you'd have to carry all your stuff it just, have a it just makes you feel I'm, I don't belong here mm. I'm just uh, you you're know. not been thought of yeah. you haven't been considered and I think if you haven't been considered in that way then you probably haven't been considered like in the space like mm. when you're rolling with a guy either you know it's sort of it's such a psychological thing mm. um, and, and the the way we are now and the the, the growth that women ha- have in the sport it's unacceptable not to have designated space for women to change and designated space for women to you know go for toilet it's unacceptable however many women you Mm. have in your gym we are at an era where women's it's it's a women's sport as well yeah yeah it's growing yeah yeah um few more things i mean we're we're over believe it or not over two hours We've no, done. yeah, we have. Yeah. No, yeah. do not cut anything. It's going to be a marathon. I'm not cutting. It's going to be a marathon. Pause. <laughs> do your thing and then go have a bar. Resume. Come back. We'll crack on. We'll, we'll continue again tomorrow. No, uh, a few things I want to ask. One, sort of, what, what you know, looking on the bigger picture now, uh, as two girls in the sport and also girls who are sort of deeply involved in the 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 women landscape in the sport what are the sort of things that you would like to see stuff that we haven't already spoken about like safeguarding stuff and stuff like that what are things that you would like to see um in jiu-jitsu to move it forward for women can i start to get you started yes you please do. women's sizing women's oh. you can someone, someone mentioned this. need yeah. to be made in a women's shape please sure. 
that do not ride up. <laughs> that don't ride up to I mean, my boobs. Do you girls make any, uh, do you girls have any apparel? Are you working it's on it? We're working. Okay. We're working. I was going to say, if anyone's going to make some females. It, it's unbelievable that we, we have reached to so many different places and said, oh, gone. Yeah. So I've been trying to find, me and Marina are trying to just get like a rash girl that we can wear for women who fight and just start the like sort of, so we can, you know, be like this as our little team. Um, and then hopefully we'd be able to sell them and stuff. The amount I've, I cannot find a company in the UK that makes a rash guard that is, fits a woman. They yeah. do women's sizes, which are small things men. like this, which fit guys. Yeah. Small men. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had to go to America. I found one in America <laughs> that actually does a woman's shape. You know, when, when, when you're talking about um, making, I mean, very few companies in the UK will be making anything. It will all be outsourced. Mm. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that sportswear that's being made um, in China or usually made in Pakistan. Mm. It doesn't surprise me that they won't be having mm. um, stuff that will be formed for women. But, you know, I think one of the best things that, you know, one of the other things that you can do is go talk to some companies and mm. say, look, let's collaborate, mm. you know, go talk to Tatami, go talk to mm. Scramble, uh, you know, that's true. I know a few other people. If you want to ask me afterwards and I can put you in touch with some people like who did my rash guards, uh, progress, um, and ask them, look, can, do you have the facilities? Because look, they know they already know the factories. They can talk to them. They've got direct connect, con- uh, communication with them, and say, would you be up for doing a run of rash guards for us? Mm. Talk to them. Yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk to you guys afterwards, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll see if I can help you out with that. That'd be good because the, the initial thing was I've you know I've been emailing. I've done that where I was like, do you do women's sizes? And I was having to try and like, draw it out for them and be like, this is what women's size looks like, and they'd be like, oh no, we don't. So they don't have it. They don't have it prepared. But you are right. A collaboration would like. And when, when we started, work. when we first started, the 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 clothing, it was so, <laughs> it was so tacky. The it was, so it's either pink or it's like got flowers. so much so much flowery like daisies stuff. Daisies on my rash. Why? Which Why? okay, some people might like. Yeah. But that is I mean, a, a lot of guys niche. wear uh, yeah. daisies on the rash guard, which as well. is fine. But there needs to be an alternative. Yeah, not, for not just tacky. like sim- basically simple, uh, minimalist, minimalist, uh, exactly. but cut for women. Yeah, yeah. 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 So moving forward, that okay, is, that's important. Num- that's number one, one. That's okay. um, more cuts. competitions that are, for example, I, I'll, I'll call them out now because we, we've been asking. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> we've had, we've had, we have commented on so many posts with some with Vanessa English with I don't know how many other women to say Polaris please do why don't we do a team's women's team's Uh show there are women now because the argument was there aren't many so many women now do a bloody show this is gonna pick numbers up so you want you want a women's uh, squads event yeah absolutely okay and that's gonna bring fire look Mm. fire I actually think that you're right I think that women in general, their matches are really exciting because they're usually scramble more, they're lighter, there's more movement, just like the lower weights are usually quite exciting. Um, and, you know, they, they really, I mean, look at Fionn's fights and her matches that she's had on all the Polaris's. Uh, I think there's been discussion with Polaris about doing a women's squad event. Um, let me see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. A... I'll talk. I'll talk to the Polaris guys on the next event. Yeah, um, it's important. And because I'm we'll telling good. you, the argument is gone now. Because the argument was there's no so, many. So I'd, okay. So what I'll. Oh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, <laughs> but I will anyway. Um, 
a lot of what Polaris do is not up to Polaris. Right. It's up to UFC Fight Pass. Oh. Right? So, you know, just to take a little bit of pressure potentially off of Polaris, they are... It's, they're essentially working for UFC Fight Pass because mm. that's where they're getting their money to run the events. Mm-hmm. Um, so if UFC Fight Pass say, we don't think that a women's event will get good viewership, then it's out of Polaris's hands whether mm. they're allowed to do it or not. Right. That's interesting. Yes. Very so, interesting. So, and thank you for so clearing. So let's call out UFC Fight Pass. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. You know, and, and, and you, you know, what's going to be really interesting is, is uh, I think it's Enyo. Is Joanna's yeah, yeah, uh, event? What, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, uh, Eddie Bravo has done a women's only event. Mm-hmm. He's done a few women's only events. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Joanna's does. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all of these things, I think that that's sort of the end goal is to have an event, uh, you know, an event like Polaris that is able to and is supported by UFC Fight Pass and saying, you know what, guys, like watching this they want to watch this there's enough because if you think about you know it it, it is all about and it goes back to what kind of what we're talking about earlier about women instructors and where guys need to go you know what they're just as good they're just as exciting they're just as legitimate as Mm -hmm. as as men are we're going to watch this Mm -hmm. moving forward just uh, to to be fair moving forward it's not just about women's only shows in a card where you have you know 10 guys and two two girls fights why don't we do it more equal? Mm. I mean, do you think that the the number of women's fights versus men fights? Do you think that it's an accurate representation of the the ratio of men to women doing the sport? Well, to, to Gen- make, genuine question. To make, no, hold on. To make this thing better, we need to actively work on it. Also, thinking about we've talked about CrossFit before being yes. very. I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing CrossFit has done, which is they immediately gave equal representation to men and women, even though there were less women fighting, less women competing. Competing. And it's again about role models. And Mm. it's again like, it's a long game. It's like, yes, maybe there are less percentage of women training and at a high level than men because you go to a jiu-jitsu class and, you know, it's mostly guys. Um, But again, it's, it won't change unless we sort of make it change. And it was, you know, I think having that space for women where it's like, you know, if, if a woman is likely to get asked to go and compete on a really high level show, that's massive motivation. Like, mm. I don't know. I mean, do, do you know what I mean? I agree. I agree. I agree. And it, it, like, it's, it's an important, as an organization, you know, and you, you, you could think of your organization as, as, as shaping the future of the sport. Mm. Yeah. If you give more, space for women to compete mm. at your in your card then mm. then more women will come to fill it in yeah mm. i mean also because as we spoke to there's um, an american female only promotion on the shore subs on the shore and they like they, they're constantly filling their roster yeah it's crazy i mean america is bigger but you know they he's like it was insane how much many girls took it up and he was putting his own money at the start and he and he was actually didn't have a sponsor did he at yeah. the beginning at the start, yeah. Um, yeah that's an interesting one okay so more women on these shows mm-hmm. i think like essentially what i think it comes down to that is um is the v- viewership numbers which mm-hmm. i don't know i in, i think what you need is an event like enyo to become really popular mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. you need an event to go actually and, and and you know i don't i don't know how they do that whether they are able to whether a show like that is able to become 
massive in, relatively in, in, in the scheme of things to become sort of breakthrough purely on the um, unique selling point of it's a women's only event. And it just turns out that women only events are like way more exciting than men events are, mm, yeah. you know, theoretically, if that happens, then it's very possible. But you need a show like that to come in. It's a bit like Invicta. Yeah, exactly. You need it. You need something like that to come in. And I mean, MMA and women in MMA is a really good example. example and, yeah. and, we, and we we have piggybacked and we continue to do so, um, have piggybacked on the success of MMA since the beginning of jiu-jitsu. And I mean, it is the beginning of jiu-jitsu essentially, or outside of Brazil anyway. And, um, you, you know, people forget because actually when you talk about some of the biggest stars in the sport and some of the best matches, you're actually talking about the women's matches. I mean, in, 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 in MMA, there were characters. It's always a character that pushes the, the sport to the next level. There were characters in, you know, it was Chuck Liddell and then it was, you know, the ultimate fighter season one finale with Forrest and, and, um, and Stefan Bonner. And then it was Ronda Rousey. Mm. Ronda Rousey took the sport to the next level. Mm. And then Conor McGregor took it to the level mm. after that. Mm. Uh, but there was a time that uh, Dana White said that he would never have women fighting yeah. in the UFC. Now they have, I believe, four or five divisions mm. in the UFC. Have they just added one, four, five. Is that what feels recent? Yeah, uh, yeah, one, four, five, one, three, five, yeah. two, and and one, uh, one, fifteen. And PFL have um, Harrison's her name, and she's one fifty five. Yeah, Kayla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kayla Harrison. Boxer. Oh, Judo sorry, sorry. Uh, oh, Judo Clarissa, yeah, yeah. Shields. Oh, Clarissa, Clarissa yeah. Shields as well. Shields. They're heavy girls, which yeah. I think is really exciting because I remember talking to we were talking to. Brittany Elkin years ago and she is a tall woman yeah. and to get down to 145 it was she it was insane she was How, it was it, yeah. she literally looked she didn't look very well um, and she was saying there's an argument that there aren't enough women to do it but she's like I know so many women mm. if they had that to aim for yeah. they train but they don't train they, they know that they're not going to be able to cut weight like that so they don't do it and I think it's like a similar thing it's like open up the potent the possibilities and maybe they doesn't work and then maybe you close them down. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's no harm mm. in like taking that risk. Cause I think that I, I don't doubt for a second that it wouldn't be filled. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that that's what, um, I think that's what grappling needs. And I think if we're going to see, uh, a women dominant show on something like Polaris, then, um, who, you know, fight, fight past don't care. Um, mm. they don't care. They only care about viewership. That's mm. all that matters. So we sh we're showing, we're slowly, slowly making progress because oh, I, yeah. in, in IBJJF, I've seen that Kendall was commentating. Uh -huh. Little positions like this. So commentators. Female commentators. You know, com female, that um, is cool. female, um, referee yeah. in, a, in an MMA show. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the only thing is, sometimes I feel like you do need a big, like in an MMA fight. Do you, I don't know what you guys think for, for a referee? Yeah. Like if, if you're if you're refing like a, a couple of really big strong guys. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes you do need to be but a why? big guy. But just because you need you to get dive in the in way. There. You need to dive in the way of a punch and be like. I wouldn't Stop. want to. I not be an MMA referee. No, I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Stick to jujitsu, making <laughs> funny faces. <laughs> But you're right. I think, but there are there are there are some uh, there is a female uh, referee in mm. in the UFC. I'm mm. not sure if she does the men's as well or the lightweight men's and, and the women. Uh, but you're right. Not not just having representation across the board and yeah. and, and having it. And which is why um, you know there are so 
I think this is something that is going to improve naturally. And I think the question that you have to ask yourself or the question that the that people who want to see the the sport push forward, particularly for women as well, is how they can facilitate that growth mm. that would be organic, mm. how they can facilitate it in a more direct way, like running shows like what Joanna's mm-hmm. doing. Uh, or, you know, I've been I I mean, I've been trying to get Sam Cook to do commentary with me on shows for years. I mean, like since I started doing commentary like seven or eight years ago. Really? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to get, I, I tried to get, and it just it just never happened in the end, but but like I wanted to get her on comms for ages because I think she'd be great at it. Mm. Um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully I do have someone, I'm not sure who the commentary team is going to, is planning to be for Joanna's show, but I think so. You, you need women, not just fighting, but you mm. need them um, on comms team, presenting, mm-hmm. uh, doing interviews with people, doing stuff like, you know doing interviews with people mm. and like men and women mm. and uh being part of the organization of event and run an event mm. and be a part of the creative team behind mm. events i think like um yeah i think that's important but you know there are some you know uh ebi for example is basically run by mm. uh, a woman called megan who's awesome mm. and uh eddie takes her the credit and she like does all <laughs> the organization and everything but she's great so uh okay so we- women women's events uh women women on polaris sorry what else I think, I mean, just as a general thing, talking about it, like doing this and having like people listen to like different perspectives and just being conscious yeah. that this is a really important change. And and I think it's that allyship again, you know, that we, that is so that sort of has become more mainstream and talked about, you know, if you're a guy and you see, I think I can't remember if I'm answering the question anymore, um, but if you're like in a space, it's like making sure that you, you don't have to be an instructor to make fem- women mm. feel welcome. Yeah. yeah. You, you, anyone can do it. And anyone's role. it's everyone's responsibility to be like, you know, you just had a really hard role. Are you okay? Did he go too hard? And was, did you feel like you were not in a position to stop it? Did you feel like you were in danger or whatever? Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the instructor. Yeah, you're it right. would be. And maybe, maybe not the new white belt next it's door. Almost but more, it's almost more important that it's not the instructor. The instructor, yeah. it's almost expected. I think if you have, if, 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 if you're training at a gym as a new female who started jujitsu and the instructor's being cool with you, that's great. But actually, if the whole gym mm. is full of guys who are making sure that you're Positive. okay and talking yeah. respectfully and absolutely yeah, super important. I think and I'm, 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 I'm being aware because I think so often it's not guys. It, as we said, this, we said this at the beginning, it's like a lot of guys aren't aware. Yeah. And I think that is big to change because as soon as a guy is aware and he understands that he has power in this situation, he mm. has, he has power to, help or hinder mm. you know then it's like you actually have a responsibility to be involved if you see something is wrong and if you miss something that's not your fault you know we're all conditioned to um to live in this culture and this sort of this way of living so i miss stuff mm. you know it's no one's fault but i do think if you ever it's getting involved and checking in you don't have to like think oh god something happened i've got to do something it's like no just check in and say mm. are you okay how was your role how was your yeah. role yeah. it looked a little bit shit you know, rather than you feeling alone. All the simple stuff, like when you're rolling and you're about to hit someone, you know, it's not the girl's expectation to stop the roll and move. Mm. Just, you do it. Yeah. Mm. That's another thing. Self-awareness. Yeah. Um, what else? Practical things. I'm trying to think. Shows. Women's classes. So exposure. Yeah. Safety. 
Yeah. Um, representation in, in, in clothing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you might you might have nailed the main ones yeah, there. Yeah. To be honest I think with it's you, it's the main ones. Yeah, and I think you know that that's kind talking of talking about it is important. Yeah, yeah. what you said is, is well, this, yeah. I think yeah hits the nail on the head of the yeah because the a nail lot of the head yeah or the yeah. head on the nail it hits the nail on the head yeah right. the head because the head on the nail is what you hit yeah you hit the head <laughs> of the nail <laughs> you really confuse me there. <laughs> I think everyone gets what we're talking yeah. about. But yeah, I think you're right. And, th- and this is sort of why I want to talk about this sort of stuff. And I think it, it, it's a topic that, you know, for me, like I like long form, like I like long podcasts. Um, I like to talk in depth about stuff. And mm-hmm. that's why I do this podcast, basically. And, you know, why I wanted to come and talk to you. And I think it, it, it's a weird one. It's, it's a weird one because I don't know who's going to listen to this. <laughs> You know, because it's sort of this divisive thing where I'm doing I'm, I'm doing a podcast with the women who fight. Is this for women or is this for guys? And obviously what you want it to be is for both. Mm, yeah. But it's very so, hard, you know, exactly. like how, like you want it to be for both. And I think it is. Yeah. I think I think everything we've spoken about has been I mean, this time has flown past really, really yeah, quick. I had no idea. Um, I mean, we're touching on two and a half hours now <laughs> and uh, it does just go super quick because like it, you're engaged in the conversation. It's such an interesting thing. And I hope that there is, but because, because we're talking about women in jujitsu, it's, it's something that is almost two-sided and you have mm. the men on one side and the women on the other side. But I think what we've spoken about is stuff that a lot of it is aimed towards women. And talk because the women who fight thing is for women, mm-hmm. and 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 it's kind of what I love about it. Even though I'm not a woman, I love to see that there's this that the empowerment and the education and the you know helping women understand what's going on with their own bodies and how their bodies and how their hormones and their emotions and psychology all works within the 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 the, the category of sport and particularly fighting and grappling mm. um but then also men can listen to it and feel like that they, they understand women a bit better mm. exactly you know and mm. and, it, and it's something that is what sort of and we spoke about it when when i came on your podcast that i um about like referring to myself as a feminist and that i never did and i hated the word mm. and which is a common reaction that most men have and like i would repel if someone mentioned the patriarchy or mm. toxic masculinity even though i didn't consider myself to be a misogynist or anything like that i would still not think that i was i wouldn't consider myself a feminist and all of that stuff and it took me to delve into um the a feminine space and a feminist space specifically to sort of just have an understanding um and and sort of have a bit more empathy of what's going on and Mm. hopefully this discussion has done both kind of been there and Mm. and kind of for 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 any women listening i mean my my um viewership percentage of uh my audience is very very tiny percentage of women i have you must have it on your uh women who fight you have the breakdown of your audience yeah do you know what it is i'm not it's actually look, sure i Let's know what mine is do you yeah because we'll so bad <laughs> talk, talk well i find i mean have a guess it was it was really consistent for a while and it's got even worse really. <laughs> guess, guess what my percentage of male to female uh, on my instagram is oh, oh i don't know go on guess have a guess okay well just based on the impression you're giving okay. i'm gonna say 10 percent women okay 
That would be okay. Uh, it was 9% women, 91% men for years, and now it's 7.5% women. So <laughs> you lost one. <laughs> you I lost was, women. I, I've lost women. It's got even, like, whatever. What are you, you know. doing wrong? You I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I was hoping you girls could help me out. With that. Uh, so, yeah. so I'm thinking the majority of people that, that, that would usually listen to my podcast obviously are men, and I think that this discussion is really really valuable for men mm. and i think that what we're talking about with like all men can be an ally mm. i think it's a it, it, it it's something that i really thought a lot about during the um obviously the massive story of like um the sarah ever oh, yeah, you know think about that and you know that that discussion that that kicked up on where you don't like everyone just going well i'm not a rapist so i'm fine mm, but like yeah. if you just do nothing you're not fine you're just nothing no and but it's also i think it's that thing of equal and being anti-sexist it's not i think the problem is if you're if you sit by and watch like and so don't get involved there's actually it's not it's not as bad as no it's, it's not as it's, bad it's, it's it is unhelpful but it's still a thing and 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 kind of the way that i likened it to is like a bit of trash a bit of rubbish on the ground like yeah. you can you can one kick that bit of rubbish further you're an arsehole mm. you can pick that rubbish up and put it in the bin you're a good person or you can walk past it yeah and by walking past it you don't just get to be neutral but by walking past it you're purposefully not doing you're the correct thing it. you're kind of saying that's kind okay. Of okay that's okay yeah just because you just because you're not involved with something doesn't mean that you're and, and it, it doesn't mean that you're guilty, but it doesn't mean that you're not guilty. And I yeah. think it's important for men that basically what I'm trying to say without preaching too much, babbling <laughs> too much is if you think that you're a good guy, actively do something yeah. about it. Like be an ally to women that you see uh, on the mats, like purposely go out of your way mm. to make people feel welcome. Because if lots of people do that, then the whole sport's going to grow. Would and, be and there's a, there's a little point here that you shouldn't say, oh, it could have been my mum or my sister or my girlfriend. It's just, you know, morally correct yeah. to do it. You mean as a as a, uh, as a reason for helping someone? Yeah. 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 yeah the, the idea that the only way that you can help a woman is if you imagine that the imagine that there's someone that you care about yeah. is sort of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Exactly. Like, I uh, mean, if, uh, yeah. you're gone. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, any final things from you, ladies? I found I found the breakdown. Percentages. Oh, have, okay, okay. We have sixty-eight point eight women and thirty-one point one percent men. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's that's good percentage. I, mean, I thought it was one percent, which is you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> no, we've got more. I mean, I mean that that that's pretty great actually. So you've no, probably got five thousand people. That's good. Five thousand men uh, following your Instagram. I love this because yeah. I tell you what. They are look. They are seeing. We we are not. We are, we we are very very. We're open about periods. Yeah, and we are posting about it. We're posting about menopause, pelvic floors, pelvic floors, <laughs> all of it, and the people are watching. Yeah. people are seeing, and this is great. Well, I think Love it's. This. I do think that a lot. It's, you know, fifty years ago. You know, you, you know, well, people still do hide their, hide their periods or, you know, pregnancy is still very much like there's certain things which are taboo. But I do feel like it's now becoming much more accept, 
acceptable acceptable mm. in our culture that people are educated women are educated and you know women then educate the men and they should you know it's I, I would never expect a guy to understand period pain or what it likes being hit in the boobs because if I haven't explained it it's yeah. like do you know what I mean it's mm. like there's there is a responsibility for women to explain certain situations but it's also the responsibility of the guy to then be open to be listen open to, it. to listen to it and and listening and like kind of not questioning it and being like oh well you know that's probably okay or something and also like if if you're a trainer a PT uh, or an instructor and you have a woman who's saying you know I'm on the low phase of my cycle. You should kind of understand what mm. that this means. It should be part of so the curriculum. Can, yeah, yeah it should know. be part of the training yeah. to be a Absolutely. personal trainer. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Ladies, <laughs> every two and a half hours, <laughs> flown by. Um, I think I think that that's great. I this feel like we could talk pleasure. we could talk for hours but and hours and there's so much, you know, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. But thank you both very very much for agreeing to come on and to chat with me. It's been that's a pleasure. No, we loved it. And thank you for yeah. creating space. Then. Yeah. My Thank pleasure. You. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Perfect. That is it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to follow Women Who Fight, then you can check them out on their Instagram page. Uh, the handle is at womenwhofight.co.uk. You can also check out their website, which is, you may have guessed, womenwhofight.co.uk. Uh, you can also follow either of the ladies on their own personal uh, Instagram pages. For Shanti, it is at Shanti Gorton. And for Marina, it is at underscore Mavroll underscore. Uh, they also have a podcast out which is called the women who fight podcast and it is on spotify and i'm sure it's on some other platforms as well uh, as always if you want to follow myself then you can find me on instagram or twitter at raspberry underscore ape uh, you can also check out my website which is raspberryape.com you can find my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash raspberry ape. Um, and what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. As always, if you uh, enjoy this podcast, then please feel free to share it with your friends, family and whoever else you want to. And if you want to leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify, that is as always, greatly appreciated. And I guess on YouTube as well, if you want to leave a, you know, if you listen on YouTube, you want to leave a comment there, go ahead and do it. Uh, as always, thank you very much for listening and I will catch you next time. Take it easy.